So, all you jabronis out there, this is Brett Azar, the Iron Sheik on NBC's Young Rock, which airs on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. If you don't watch, I break your back. I am also the Young Terminator. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen Genesis, go watch it. If you haven't seen Doc Fate, go watch it. And again, you jabronis. Yeah, I'm doing Arnold and saying the Sheik words. Yeah, you all watch Below the Belt. Come on, do it now. It's there. It's streaming. Click the link. Do it. Come on. Yes, bye-bye. I love you. Number one. The Below the Belt show is closed. Caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Irish, it's St. Patrick's Day, and we've assembled uh, quite the panel to celebrate a great day of drinking. I'm not sure if anyone is really Irish on the panel, but doesn't even freaking matter. It's all about celebrating. I'm a um, tiny bit Irish. You're a tiny bit Irish? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a time It's a time for like, spirits and good times um, and cilantro and all that good stuff. Um, Ali Dash, you were the first one to speak, so I'm going to introduce you first. She's a voice actress extraordinaire. She's an amazing mom. She's the one and only, the adorable one, Ali Dash. Welcome. Hello, to happy St. Patrick's Day. Saint, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, we are. And do you have a spirited drink, Ali, tonight? I have a spirited coffee. Nice, Irish coffee. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Ali, you were saying that you actually are part Irish. A little bit. I I actually just did the 23andMe. So funny story. So my mom was like, she's told me my whole life that like, we're like have a little bit of Spanish in us and like all this stuff where I'm like, mom, you're just 100% Filipino. Cause I'm like, I'm 50% Filipino. I was like, that's all you are. And my mom's like, no, that's 23andMe is wrong. Like that's what? like, she was like, my great grandfather was Spanish. And I was okay, like, well, no, he wasn't. Um, but I got like, I think it was like 30%. It was like a mix of British Irish. Um, Whoa. And so that's like, like, that's definitely on the mom's side, not the dad's side. The Irish is on the dad's side. So oh, the Irish is. Yeah. Okay. So I'm 50% Filipino and then like 30% British Irish. Or was it? And then like, what? No, actually, <laughs> I think I was more German. I don't know. I'll have to look at my results. I'll get back to you on that to see how, <laughs> how Irish I am. Well, that means you only have to drink 30% of the time as the rest of us. So, <laughs> Alex, good to have you back on BTV. Um, we also welcome back to B- BTV. He's a Sith Lord. 
I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> That's right. He's I also an actor. Irish accent. You got you got Irish accent. Yeah, you got Irish accent from Dublin, right? Uh, we, <laughs> he is uh, the one and only Darth Paul Wallace. Darth, good to have you back on BTB. I'll be back. All right. And last but certainly not least, guys, this is a multi-talented, multi-talented individual uh, on Below the Belt show, and I believe it's third time on Below the Belt show. I think yes. Or maybe second. I am not sure. But nonetheless, he is back. He is an actor. He is a videographer. Uh, he's an editor. Um, he's a host. Um, he's a festival promoter. Um, a am I missing? He's a photographer. Am I missing anything? He is the one and only Simi Terrell. Well, let's just say there's not much I wouldn't do. Simi, <laughs> <laughs> good to have you back on BTV, man. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Wow, good to be here. Yeah, man, it's good. It's good. You know, I had to take a week off, guys, last week. If your listeners are wondering why is there not a show um, for the week of the ninth, and um, sadly, um, I lost a dear uncle of mine and had to travel for the services, and um, even though it was a very somber, somber trip. Um, at any time, you know, you have um, a loved one, whether it's family or close friend or whatever. Um, it's always somber, but it's the company that you're with, you know, and uh, it was great to catch up with my extended family, my cousins, who I didn't see in, in a long time. And of course, um, to see a different city and state that I have not been to. I've not never been to Portland, Oregon. Prior to that, my uncle and aunt moved about two years ago to be close to my cousin, their daughter, and um, what a cool freaking city! Um, it's all about beer. So, I mean, it is our St. Patty, Patty's Day episode, but uh, Portland's all about drinking. <laughs> it seems um, not just beer, but they're also they, riots they, too. Well, okay, they do the riots. They gotta allegedly have an Antifa there, but anyways, um, you know, they they have great coffee. I know, Allie, you're drinking some coffee. And for you wine aficionados, they have some of the best wineries in the country. They're also known for voodoo donuts. They're also known for strip clubs, by the way. And <laughs> I may or may not have uh, ventured into one of those establishments with my cousin. Hold um, on. You said I'm coffee, a steak, right? donuts, alcohol, yes, and strip clubs? And strip clubs. Oh, my gosh. Put all those together. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for a good time doesn't it oh yeah <laughs> I, I don't know how the uh the strippers do with the donuts but um I, I guess i would pay for that too okay <laughs> make it an establishment have like a little like bakery and you can get your donut yeah sit down yeah they have cool yeah i mean Watch i think it's also the amount of strip clubs idea. They have. yeah yeah the amount of strip clubs they have and the fact that uh, the dancers, um, it was an all-nude establishment, so, you know, you can drink and, and, you know, view the women, which is a typical for every strip club, but um, they also do all-nude lap dances, which is not very common um, in... <laughs> you sound excited. In gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest again. What you know, so bad that could have a time at a What did I say, guys? I mean, uh, you know... <laughs> If you if you're going out, you know you got to put a smile on your face with your your cousin and your family, and you know, why not, right? So, <laughs> hey, strippers have to get paid too. Exactly. 
<laughs> you know, it's all about sex positivity, you know, sex workers. And, and interesting that uh, I should mention that because tonight's guests are, um, are filmmakers and actors in a raunchy family comedy film. Now, you really don't really think of family and raunchy being put together, but this is the case for this film, Win a Trip to Brown Town. And you're thinking, okay, well, you know, are they going to Cleveland? Are they, you know, are they going to Hershey Park? You know, things like that. No, no, no. It's all about anal sex. Uh, <laughs> it's basically a middle-aged writer uh, needs a little spark in his life and is encouraged uh, by his wife to lose 50 pounds. If he can do that in three months, then she, and I quote, um, you can put, your dick in my ass is what it said. That's a, that was her quote. So uh, I'm sorry. I, can you say that again, Al? Blackmail. fight against me. And uh, this is a quote for the movie. Let me reiterate. I don't want to go. Somebody go Joe Rogan to me and editing like things. <laughs> but we have the um the filmmakers, um the director, producer, and star, uh George Tramunas, who plays Frank. And Kendra McDermott, who plays Laura. So they will be talking to us about this great film that um, I believe is uh, available on demand. Um, so um, uh, besides that, um, let's go ahead and. Story. I, you know what? The, the thing is, the opening part of the film said none of it is based on her whatsoever. That's what they kind of opened the film with. So that, that was I, a nice opening, by the way, with the typewriter kind of, and everything. Right, I think it's a way of saving face, you know, maybe, but let's be honest, man. You know, I mean, you know, there's got to be some truth to the film. I mean, let's just say somebody came up with the concept and somebody went along with it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can do those kinds Oh, and the of children are the children. So they, the have... so they have three children, and I'm not sure if one of them they is have the same... kid. Oh, wait, no, never children. mind. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. One of them has the same last name. Yeah, I think um, two of them have the same last do. name and one doesn't. So I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe, maybe that's a stage. I don't know. Or maybe that's not the real kid. Um, but um, that's we'll, fun, though. Yeah, we're going to talk to um, George and Kendra about this this film, Win a Trip to Brown Town. And, uh, you know, let's let's find out if it's, it's um, you know, based on a real life bet, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I mean, me personally, I'm not, I'm not. Want to take a trip to Browntown? Uh, uh, I, I, so you don't I, like the Cleveland Browns? I don't like the Cleveland <laughs> Browns. Um, I prefer the Philadelphia Spread Eagles. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Allie. I'm really being bad. But uh, <laughs> but uh, if I were in that bet, um, I, I would probably would I probably would encourage her to invite her friend for a threesome. That's well, I probably would have. You, you, Paul, you too. You're not a fan of the uh, brown town. I mean, if, if a girl likes it, I mean, I'll do it. But it's like, as I said, I'm not, I'm not enthused about it. I mean, I'm okay, kind of you're, a bigger guy. It's begrudging. Not, you're very begrudging uh, yeah. about it. Okay. Simi, you don't have to comment if you don't want. But do you have a... <laughs> I, I don't have a preference. But I'd like to say that I, I am open-minded to new things. Good. Uh, Good. Yeah. I don't want to like it to come bite me. Like if I bite, me, bite you in the butt, literally, right? <laughs> I'm we definitely a like, people pleaser. <laughs> well, 
I think this is a great time, guys, to talk about our special topic of the week because it is St. Patrick's Day. We're in the St. Patrick's Day spirit. We got we got our beers, we got our whiskey, Irish whiskey, we got uh, everything from Dublin to you know whatever Limerick, Ireland. Anyways, horrible fake accent. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it was okay. But anyways, um, let's talk about um the special topic. I want to talk about each and every one of you in, on the panel. Uh, particularly um, a moment that you felt lucky, whether it was a lucky charm, or maybe it was the lucky day or an amazing lucky trip. Maybe you were in the right place at the right time and something amazing happened. Maybe you have a particular favorite, you know, shirt or jacket that just brings you amazing good luck. Um, I I was curious, so um, I'd like to start with. Any, meeny, money, Paul Wallace. Paul Wallace, I know, right. you, I know you have a lucky moment uh, that you want to talk about. Okay, well, one moment I had, I mean, I was going like maybe 175, 180 miles per hour, and my tire exploded. So I skidded across three lanes of highway, and luckily I didn't get hit. I mean, I was just kind of... Jesus Christ, dude. That's like you survived. <laughs> well, he's clearly here. I mean, everything, my tire was on fire, but other than that, everything else was... Wow. So you're saying Lady Luck was on your side, like driving exactly those kind of speeds. Like, so it was not a pleasant experience, but shit happened. Jeez. Wow. And uh, the car is unscathed as well? That one was unscathed, yeah. Okay, wow. You you were unscathed, the car was unscathed, and how I mean, fast were you? The tire was melted and burnt. Tires fire, are melting. But, but how fast were you going again? Like 185. 185? Jesus. Were you on a rocket? <laughs> we're hanging with elon musk <laughs> that those are on un, that's unreal speed there darth i mean i know you're used to the uh your sith uh, spaceships that that probably go maybe uh it's actually about 150 150 all right so that was a lucky day for you yeah it was a lucky day for me okay all right um ali dash Lucky the Irish. Any uh, lucky days? Uh, you know. Trying to figure fun. out what to go with. If I want to be cheesy. Um, <laughs> or not. You want me to? How about? Okay, I'm gonna let you marinate that. Uh, I'm gonna refer over to Simi Terrell. Uh, anything uh, comes to mind? Well, can we do it in our worst Irish accent? Yes. Style. Yes. <laughs> worst Irish accent, please. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I guess I've I've always been lucky. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've survived, um, but uh, I'll talk about my. I have a lucky coin that I carry around on every uh, photo shoot that I do, and oh, cool. it's not so much to bring me luck, but remind me that I need to be patient with everybody, especially people that don't feel as secure with their bodies and their body types. And, you know, I keep it in my bag. Uh, so when I'm getting my gear ready, I always take a look at it. And it just reminds me to slow down and appreciate the time and everything else that goes into, uh, you know, making a photo shoot perfect. Nice. Cool. 
Very nice. That lucky coin and the and the lucky ladies that you get to shoot. So very nice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Ali Dash, have you come up with something? Um, so I'm I guess like I'm always thinking about like if you you know, certain things lining up and like if one thing, you know, changed, like your whole entire life would be down a different path. Um so like when I was in high school, um I was supposed to um I had um, submitted to a, to be uh, to work at PetSmart and then a daycare, and I wanted to work at the daycare, um, but I never heard back, and so I ended up working at PetSmart, which is where I met my husband. Um, oh. And 16 years later, um, it'll be seven, 17 years this year that we've been together. Wow, 17-year um, so anniversary. I was 16, so more than half my life. now. and now like we have like our our two kiddos and like um and i think i got lucky with them it's like well obviously that's how you got the kids yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a great story Allie. wow that's nice um you know what's interesting i actually had an audition where we're actually supposed to talk about a, a particular lucky heirloom and uh it's actually this watch right here. This um, particular uh, watch, it's a uh, diesel. It's it's fairly big. And uh, every time someone makes a joke, oh, it's so big, I have to say thank you. Oh, I'm like, oh, you mean the watch. <laughs> the watch. You mean the watch. Okay, I get it. But no, I mean, you know, the year I bought this watch, some, some really cool things happened. Um, it was in 2015 when I bought this watch. And luckily, it still works to this day. I booked uh, probably my best acting gig and most lucrative acting gig, um, which was a national commercial for Prudential Insurance. Um, that same year, I finished my master's degree in information systems. And that same year, my sister welcomed my one and only nephew. Uh, so um, this watch, uh, I don't know. It was, it was all about that year, and I, it kind of happened at this watch. So I actually, um, unless they don't want any watches or anything visible, I wear this watch for every audition. And of course, I'm not going to book every audition, you know, just by wearing this watch, but I have booked some auditions. So I'd like to think that this watch was somehow, somehow um, a well, part of it. You're feeling lucky. Yeah. And it's going to show in your audition. Yeah. There you go. You'll so have a like, better audition because you're going to feel confident. And the more confident there, there you, you feel, go. so in a way, like, it. it does make you lucky because. And um, I'll um, talk about a very right place at the right time and very coincidental, very lucky situation that, <laughs> that happened. Uh, <laughs> it's, cool. it's pretty funny, and I'm going to tell on the air because it's been a couple of years since it happened. Um, so anyways, um, it was the weekend that Cooper Hefner, Hugh Hefner's son, threw a major party in Washington, D.C. during the White House Correspondents Weekend. Of course, many numerous emails over to Playboy and the Hugh Hefner and Cooper Hafner have been ignored. So I decided to pull a little, some lucky strings, so to speak. <laughs> I um, wrote an email, a mock email to a PR person, took a screen capture of that uh, with a reply saying, we're good to go. Uh, walked in front with um, some confidence to the front of the line um, saying we're on the list. She looks at the screenshot. She literally touches my phone and the fucking image moves just like a fucking email up and down. It's a screenshot of a fake email saying that I'm on the list. 
And right this way. <laughs> we so I knew you went, but I don't. I never heard that story. I well. I you weren't on the list. I was not. Yeah, yeah. That's and, hilarious. Uh, and me, Chachi and I, BTV's own Chachi and I, had a an amazing time at that party with awesome. a lot of Playboy playmates and free liquor, and uh, we enjoyed ourselves. So that was a very lucky. That could have gone really, really bad. It could have been really horrible. We could have been turned no, no, away. Out. Were you wearing your watch? I was wearing, and I was wearing my lucky watch. Yes. <laughs> so those are some great stories, guys. I'm, I'm glad that we can share it. I, I love uh, what we do. Um, for 2022, we're doing something new to get to know our co-hosts and doing a topic of the week. So there you go. All right. So um, I think it's awesome um, that we get into everything in the world of entertainment. Um, and we'll save all the awesome plugs uh, towards the end of the program. So here we go with uh, the top 20 of entertainment here on BTB. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah. That was Benjamin Joel, Marilyn's own, man. Charlotte. Um, well, you know what, guys? Um, you know, it's been two weeks because we didn't uh, have a show last week and I didn't get to talk about the Batman last week um so um just a poll who got a chance to see robert battinson no? i haven't gotten to see it i want to okay. see it so okay. bad okay. i heard it's so paul, good myself uh, yeah, myself paul. and paul looks like we're the ones uh that could talk about it paul paul what did you think man your thoughts really initially i thought it was a really good movie i mean uh, he actually surprised me i mean i thought he would be the weird twilight sparkly right. vampire but, right but he actually did a good job i mean I was surprised. I mean, when I found out he played the penguin, I mean, that was kind of surprising too. I mean, that's not what I was expecting. You're talking about Colin Farrell, right? Not that I like Colin Farrell, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. You know, it was amazing to see Colin Farrell. Um, it just we weren't expecting. Um, now, it's, it's, I, we talked about this on the show. Like, they could have hired an actor that kind of looked more like the penguin. You know, there's plenty of actors like that that could have fit the bill, but yet. Colin Farrell, the handsome stud that he was, wanted to do prosthetics and make himself look, you know, overweight or whatever to do this role. And, you know, he ended up looking like actor Richard Kind a little bit, which is crazy. Yeah, he but he could have used Richard Kind and saved himself some money. Right. But the thing is, man, it's just like <laughs> they could have just had him, you know. Actually, they could I think Danny DeVito was the best penguin that they, they could have used. Danny DeVito is, is, is more than, I'm sure would have been more than willing. I mean, he's still working. I mean, he's in the uh, sunny in Philadelphia, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he would have totally, totally have uh, been uh, right for the role. Oh, I sadly found out I am not 30% Irish. I'm you're not 30, 30, Wait, you're not I'm, 30% Irish? So, no, so I'm 30% French and German. And then I'm 15% British and Irish. Oh. You can only drink 15% of your uh, Irish Only 15%? Well, you know, that's fine. Because I'm 49. So it's 49% Filipino, 30% French and German, 15% British and Irish, and then 1% broadly East Asian and Indigenous American. Nice. Yeah. 
I also did a 23 and me and it said Yeah, error. what were your results, Simmy? Error. Error? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> did you redo it? Uh no, I found out that I was uh 13% Irish. There's some uh like northern european that's like 33% and then it just fans out to the rest of the world. So it said cool. I'm a mutt. Okay. He's a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what happens when everybody has fun. Yeah, you <laughs> You're kind of like you're kind of like, <laughs> like with the future, like the year three thousand will look like, right? Right. <laughs> Except everybody will be walking around with bald heads, and, right. uh, and you won't be able to tell anybody from anybody else. <laughs> I know, it's, it's crazy what the future holds, right? All right, so um, you know, I thought you know I got to give the Batman props though, really quick. Um, the cinematography was freaking. Oh, it was dark. It was a very, it's very film noir, very dark in it. It, you know, a lot of people said, you know, it, the tone was too similar to The Dark Knight, but I really feel, even though it uh, did have, I thought it was darker than The Dark Knight, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I, it was darker, but not only that, but you know, it just had a completely look and feel than The Dark Knight. I mean, the, the cinematography choices were very, very unique to this film, um, and um, you know, I thought, it, and it also had what I loved about it is. It also had um, aspect of a detective story, you know. Well, like, that's, that's what he is. Uh, and that's Batman what he is. The detective. That's right. Well, DC Comics has the original Batman that's comic book was that's called that's Detective that's Comics. That's so that aspect was good because you know you're kind of solving all these riddles that the Riddler, who was the main antagonist, um, is you know. Is, kind of had uh, like the brilliant. Batman animated series vibes. Did you kind of get that? Dude, I don't know of, about that. <laughs> really? But I mean, just just the era, era situation, kind of like a noir type of era. I don't know. I don't know if it had that Batman uh, animated series vibe. Uh, if anything, it was closer to the Dark Knight vibe to me. Um, um, but the acting, like you mentioned, um, Darth was was pretty awesome. I mean, you know, you know, we didn't really see too much of the Bruce Wayne character. We saw more of the Batman and. Nonetheless, Robert Pattinson, he, he did he did a fine job. Um, the the star though was was Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I love Zoe Kravitz. I I think she just shined in in her role, obviously. She um, always shines. I love she's her. Definitely fun to to have a drink with. I've been to a couple. I of mean, events. from Jealous. from the trailer, that is the only reason that I really want to see this movie. Really, you don't yeah. have you you're saying Zoe Kravitz, the Catwoman, is the only reason. So you 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 do not want to, you you really care for any other aspect of the film. I mean, it's it's Batman. I, I I love Batman, but it it just seemed like a lot of action in the trailers, and then it it didn't it didn't peak me up. It didn't show me enough to keep me on the edge of my seat. Okay. And you know how like most trailers, they'll only show you that one good part of the movie. Okay. I was like, this could have showed me more. The so the part where the penguins underneath the car and the mm-hmm. flames are going, that kind of intrigued me, you know. But that's the pyromaniac in me. So. <laughs> the pyromaniac in you? Oh my god, that's insane. He's well, be uh, next week, Bay. <laughs> then the Batman second week in a row in the box office, uh, raking in another sixty-six million. Uh, in its second uh, weekend, and um, 
that's the number one movie. And the runner-up spot, number two, Tom Holland. He's in two um, top five movies at the box office, Uncharted uh, at number two. And of course... Or does he just seem too young to be in that role? I mean, it was I saw the movie, yeah. it was good, but I mean, he just seemed too young. Yeah, he's I like mean... like in his mid-twenties now, which is crazy. It's I crazy. Know, but he still looks like he's a teenager. He does, he does. He has a very, yeah. like, baby face. And that's what he's portraying in, in Spider-Man. No Way Home. Can you believe Spider-Man No Way Home is the fifth movie? Uh, uh, fifth uh, at the box office. Still oh, in the box wow. office since Still? Christmas. That's awesome. It's I've, a long time. I've seen it twice five. in theaters. You said twice, yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. a movie worth checking out. Um, of course, uh, the third place film is BTS, the Korean uh, K-pop group. Um, they have a uh, permission to dance on stage. Soul live viewing. I, I can't believe that's that's a huge surprise. <laughs> well, there's, um, I was saying um, they're like the like Backstreet Boys. And end sync for like the younger generation. They are, yeah. Uh, Channing Tatum's dog number four, and of course, uh, as I mentioned, Spider-Man No Way Home um, rounds up the top five. So, and the Batman, which is number one on my list of the top twenty Hollywood, um, there was a post-credit scene, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really a scene. It was just really a clue. You know, it was all about the penguin and the clues and stuff like that. So, was there a um? Um, an end credit scene. Um, the answer is yes and no. So basically, it does not have a post credit scene that sets up a sequel. That's what they usually do in Marvel. Yeah. Um, so what happens is they, the Riddler leaves a clue, you know, and Riddler kind of does this like um, that plain black screen with the green font, kind of old school PC aesthetic, you know. And basically, all it does is flashes a question mark symbol at the end. That's known as an unbounded wildcard in Java programming, for you programming nerds. Um, so, no, really wasn't a post-credit scene, but I guess it's alluding to that we're going to see more of the Riddler in future Batman movies. So well, I mean, go. it could be in TV, too. It could be in TV. Well, you know, they're, they, they already announced... show coming out, so it's like, I'm sure... Yep, they already announced a Penguin, a Penguin live-action uh, series uh, with Colin Farrell. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what that's all about. Um, number two on my list is really all the big movies that are coming out from DC. Um, so, of course, with the the Batman dominating the box office, we have some other big movies coming out. This summer, we're going to see uh, the DC's League of Super Pets animated film in July of 2022. Now that's um, right there. <laughs> you looking forward to that one? <laughs> I don't know. It might be part of that universe. So I might have to. Yeah, I mean, it's animated, but it's like... So Dwayne The Rock Johnson has two big DC movies coming out this year. One is that movie, uh, DC League of Super Pets, who he's doing voiceover, of course. And then in October of 2022, Black Adam will drop. So... uh we're finally seeing The Rock as a superhero. It took, uh, took a while, you know? I mean, I've, you could argue that the Fast and Furious movies, he's a superhero, but this is the this is the first time he's actually playing a superhero, isn't Black Well, Alex. I mean, he is a superhero in real life. So he is. He really <laughs> need to play one. <laughs> it's a very good point. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see Shazam! Fury of the Gods uh, coming out in December of 2022. I'm excited for that. Yep, so that's going to come out after the Shazam. Oh, sorry, after the Black Adam movie. 
And we're going to see um, some other films include Batgirl exclusively for HBO Max with Leslie Grace. Um, also, we're going to see in 2023 Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That's right. Um, Jason Momoa will be back in March of 2023. Uh, the Flash, which is all about that Flashpoint um, storyline, a very popular um, basically, they're DC's version of the multiverse. We're going to get that in June of 2023. And then we're going to see a very obscure character called Blue Beetle in his own film. And that's Cholo Maradueña. You might know him from Cobra Kai. You know, he plays Miguel. And um, he's playing the Blue Beetle, a very, a very uh, you know, lesser known character. But oh, I'm actually really, I'm really looking forward to this uh, live action adaptation paul you've you've heard of blue beetle yeah i mean is it this he's he i assume he's the second one not the first one because the first one was yes because the second one was the one that got the special suit from the aliens yes yes yeah that's, that's who i thought it was yep yep and, and I, come to think of, I think the character's name the real character's mm-hmm. name is miguel also oh, okay well there you go yeah uh, of course we have another um wonder woman movie coming up and a rumored um Zatanna movie. Now, if, and that's Zatanna's another lesser-known um, character. She's basically magician. a magician. Yeah, she's a sexy magician. Um, a- actually, Emerald Fennel is writing an adaptation for Warner Brothers, and it's very much still in development. So. Yeah, he would be good for that role. I think Paige would be a good Zatanna. If she was an actress. <laughs> I think it's a Paige is... You know, no what about the actress that played Paige in a movie? Maybe she could be. I mean, she wasn't even in Florence Pugh played Paige and you know, fighting with my family. You know, I mean, she kind of could look like Zatanna a little bit, I guess. With the dark and I hair. hate to say it, I mean, honestly, Paige's uh, leaked sex, sex tapes are, you know, they definitely showcase their ability. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And then sip another uh, whiskey here. Paige gives us a call. I know, Paige will probably not want to appear on a Below the Vulture. I'm sorry. All right, number three on the list. What's going on with Marvel? Anyone watch Euphoria? Know how hot Sydney Sweeney is? Yeah. Um, she just joined the cast of um, this new Spider-Man. It's in the Sony-verse. It's called Madam Web. So this is another obscure character. Um, and Madam Deco- Web, like old women? Well, yeah, she's an old woman. It's Dakota Johnson has been uh, initially attached to it, but it basically follows Cassandra Webb. She's a clairvoyant and um, precognitive, a precognitive mutant. So, um, and um, it, she's an elderly woman with a neuromuscular disease that forces her to be connected to a life support system that resembles a spider's web. How that's uh, considered powerful, I don't know. Um, I know Mike the General's on knows a little bit more, but I don't think they'll be aging Dakota Johnson uh, for this role. Uh, I'm guessing they might be casting a different actress, and maybe maybe, well, maybe she's the, a, the younger version of her or something before. She, she could died. be the younger version. That's another option as well. Yeah, I'm not sure which way they'll go with it, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, but we are getting Deadpool three, guys. Deadpool three. The much-anticipated third installment. That's going to be so exciting. It's going to be great. Um, So the the director of Free Guy and The Adam Project, which is really popular on Netflix right now, which I still haven't seen, but I'm going to. Um, So the director is going to team up 
with Ryan Reynolds for this third film. Um, and it's Sean Levy. So um, I think that's great. Um, and um, of course, it's interesting with Disney now pretty much owning Marvel now. Um, it's I'm curious because we talked about last last show that they all they they got all the programming from Netflix, Daredevil, you know, uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Defenders, Luke Cage, Punisher. Like these are very much adult superhero shows, and Disney has you know pulled them up in the umbrella, and I guess they're you know Disney's thinking I guess they're expanding their content. I mean, obviously you have to appeal to adults as much as you appeal to children, you know. So, I mean, a lot of people disagree with that, you know. I mean, um, I know some parent groups are all up in arms. The PTC, the Parents Television Council, they're all up in arms about, oh, Disney's yeah, supposed I mean, it's to like, just have different audiences. I mean, you could have, I mean, Deadpool's not marketed to kids. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they're, they're worried about their Disney image per se. But as long as, I'd say just put it in the, uh a subcategory, you know, yeah, um, and then, ha- you know, they can password protect it, you know, um, I know with like Netflix, they've got like a kid's, like you can have a kid's profile and things like that. Exactly. So I don't see a problem with them doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Deadpool three. I mean, that definitely was one of my favorite of the, of the Marvel movies on the Fox side, which were all about the mutant, as you know, now MCU uh, has rights to use a mutant, so we're 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 waiting to see what the what the first mutants will be in the MCU. So that's gonna be exciting. That that's gonna be really exciting. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Well, I mean, um, I think Professor X will be showing up, right? Yeah, so, so Professor X supposedly was in was oh, in. Oh, yeah, uh, his voice. He's like in the trailer. No, was he in the trailer of of uh, Doctor Strange and then? The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you hear his voice. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I and I think actually Patrick uh, Stewart did confirm that it was his voice, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's what. See, that's the thing. We're gonna see. We're gonna. We're gonna. That's what. That's why I think Doctor Strange is gonna be another huge hit because you're gonna be uh, introducing the mutants to the MCU. That's gonna be really exciting, guys. So. All right. Um, uh, number four on the list. Uh, there's a Warner Animation Group um, film called Coyote versus Acme. Um, so it's a hybrid of live action and CG animation. Um, it's like the Wildy Coyote movie, basically. Um, so it's John Cena, Will Forte, Lana Condor, um, and basically after Acme products fail him one too many times. The pursuit of Roadrunner, Wildy Coyote hires billionaire lawyer Will Forte to sue <laughs> Acme Corporation. Okay. Um, plays a lawyer a lot. He he plays uh, Will Forte plays a lawyer a lot. It seems like in comedies he's always playing a lawyer. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe so. Maybe so. But uh, it's cool to see John Cena like you know c- continually working. So. I mean, he was a big hit as this peacemaker. Anyone tune into Peacemaker? Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished it yet. God damn it! But I, he, I, I've seen the first few episodes and I know he's, he's fantastic in it. So, did you guys finish it? It is yeah. weird and good. Weird and good, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's great to see a DC, um, you know, something in DC universe with, with, with superheroes actually having sex, you know, because. 
I think um, Steven Soderbergh said that he would not want to direct a superhero movie because there's no fucking. Basically, that's his direct quote. And you get to see that in Peacemaker. So, you know, right. his... I guess that's a good reason not to direct the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. He wants, he wants, he wants and, fucking in his movies. I don't know. And and how much is he directing those scenes? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to close ups, doesn't he? <laughs> a, a little to the left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, movies at number five is Piano Man, a Billy Joel biopic uh, with Michael Jai White. Um, and uh, he's going to be writing and directing, and will follow Billy Joel's early years from being discovered. Um, Wait a second, Michael Jai White's playing Billy Joel? That's well, mean. Michael Jai White is attached to write and direct. Okay, okay. Uh, I was like, yeah. uh, he, I was okay. like, he looks nothing like Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I think like, he well, played. For... Well, he did play Spawn, didn't he? Right, he played Spawn. <laughs> he played Spawn. That, that a little more credible than Billy Joel, I think, but. Um, uh, but it will be his early years. You know, so uh, I guess they didn't really announce who will be playing um, Billy Joel just yet. Um, so I'm sure they will be casting that very soon. Got to give a shout out to uh, what's his number six on my list. Brittany Snow got to work with her in Pitch Perfect 3. Also, um, you know, partied with her back in L.A. Um, she's awesome, by the way. But she's actually going to be directing. Um, it's her directorial debut. Um, which is called September 17th, which is five days after my birthday. Um, and um, she'll be directing this film. And it's it's really, a, it's about a woman named Riley who struggles with food and body image issues and has been recently discharged from rehab. And soon she meets Ethan and must navigate the line between love and a new addiction. So this is a screenplay from uh, Becca Gleason. And Kid Cuddy will be joining the cast of her film. They actually worked together on um, an A24 horror thriller film called X. So they'll be working together on this project again. So, uh, And uh, number seven on the list is uh, we're going to see a sequel to This is 40. It's pretty exciting. So um, that's going to be called This is 50, which is 10 years later. So wow. we're going to get the original <laughs> cast. You know, Judd Apatow. Um, Paul Red still looks like... Paul Rudd He's, still looks 40 or 30 or whatever. And Leslie Mann. Never and, ages. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to find out what Pete and Debbie are up to at 50. And Judd Apatow said, this is 50 and it is time. Um, and uh, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I was uh, a big fan of Judd Apatow's work, you know. Uh, this is 40, 40. Now you have this is 60. You're right, 40-year-old virgin, you know. Maybe they can do 50-year-old virgin. I don't know. <laughs> Paul, do you want to do you want to uh, audition for that one? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that's I just, all. I just tease. <laughs> and I think, do we have both our special guests on? Uh, she told me she's jumping in. Okay, cool. Well, so we'll, we'll introduce you. All right, we'll bring her in when you guys are on together. Number eight on the list, um, the Con the Cannes Film Festival. Um, big news that the Tom Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it's interesting. The Cannes films are all about now these big blockbusters, and Top Gun Maverick is is now part of the Cannes Film Festival, which is pretty pretty uh, amazing. Along with um, the biopic of Elvis, 
um, which is crazy, starring Tom Hanks and Austin Butler will be a part of the Cannes Film Festival. So two Wait, really exciting films. Tom Hanks. How could Tom Hanks play Elvis? He's not playing Elvis, dude. <laughs> it's Austin Butler. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so we're going to put the countdown on hold, and we have our special guest joining us, guys. Um, we're excited to talk about this great comedy feature film. A little raunchy. It's, it's interesting. I've never heard of a family comedy and a raunchy comedy mixed into one, so that, that's very unique. Um, we welcome um, Kendra McDermott and George Tramunas. I'm helping with the uh, pronunciation, but George and Kendra, thank you uh, for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Hi, thanks so much for having Hi. us. George, yeah. can you correct me on the last name? I know I, I butchered it. You're you are pretty close. Traman Thomas. Traman Thomas. Yeah. George Traman Thomas and Kendra McDermott. Um, George, you play Frank. Kendra, you play Laura. Um, I know I got to ask this right away because in the beginning you say none of this is based on her whatsoever. I know you wanted to get out of the way, but let's be honest. Let's be honest. There are some aspects of the film that are very biopic, like they're very biographical, autobiographical, right? Like, can, can we admit that at least? Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, um, there are definitely elements of it that uh, come from my life. That's where the idea for the, for the, <laughs> for the wholesome family part came from, at least. Um, <laughs> so for your people who don't know, um, it's, a, it's a story of a guy who has a dream uh, he wants to be a novelist, uh, and he's he's starting to go that way after college. And at that point, he's married, and he has to make a choice, like a lot of people end up doing. And he chooses family, and uh, he hits to his midlife, and he's he's wondering if he made the right decision, basically. Right. And he's kind of being a grump about it. So to cheer him up on their anniversary, his wife tries to get him uh, to be a little happier, <laughs> to encourage some joy in his life. And she makes him a bet that if he can lose 50 pounds in three months, she will let him win a trip to Browntown. Right, right. <laughs> trip to Browntown. For those uh, that might not know what that means, it's it's all about, let's just be honest, anal sex, anal sex guy. <laughs> so um, I'm guessing the character of Laura doesn't typically go to Browntown very often. So this is a very special thing, and never, course, never. And yes, Frank, Laura's never been to Browntown. <laughs> somewhere in Ohio. <laughs> and Frank, you've always wanted to visit Browntown. Yeah. Never have. Okay. They've been married for over twenty years. You know, he's barely getting to Virginia, let alone Browntown. So. <laughs> <laughs> I made a joke earlier, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't wish to see the Cleveland Browns go to the Super Bowl, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> but, uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about this bet. So, um, obviously you're the writer of this, uh, George, um, and, and then going back to now that you gave us the synopsis, was this based on any particular bet that you might've had in your life? Um, no, it, it came from a thought I had, basically. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be less cheery, um, basically what had happened was, you know, I'd raised my kids. Uh, my kids, I have a senior in, in high school and a student in college. Um, but over the years, I've packed on a few pounds. And then on top of that, my mom got cancer in 2016. And uh, 
I've added a lot of weight. And after she passed, I was thinking of, you know, I needed to lose a lot of weight. And I was trying to think, well, what could motivate a guy to lose a bunch of weight short of a big money prize? <laughs> and I came up with this funny idea. And I asked a few of my friends who are also had also been married a while. And I was like, is this something you think that, you know, guys might be interested in, you know, and uh, they all said yes. <laughs> so I said, OK. <laughs> I might have a premise sir, here. sir, you have some very sick friends. But no. <laughs> These guys are honestly, they were the most normal husbands I could think of. So. <laughs> Maybe I do have sick friends. I don't know. Now, clearly a threesome was, would be the thing that I would probably want to yeah, achieve. Did that cross good. your mind? Uh, or were you already going to Browntown from the get-go? Uh, actually, have you guys gotten a chance to see the film? Yeah. I have. I myself and Simi checked out the film. Paul okay. did you mention? Paul did too, yes. Three three of the four of us. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they bring they bring up that, that idea in the film too. So <laughs> <laughs> that could be the third installment of this franchise. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be very much be. Now that um Kendra and George, are you a real life couple? Your real life uh, husband and wife? Or are you not? No. You're not. No. Why did I get a vibe that you guys had so much chemistry? I just, I really got that vibe that you're uh, an actual couple. Oh, you know, it's so funny. We did an interview the other day where, um, you know, it was a film critic and he was like, I really wanted to meet you guys because I really wanted to know what your relationship was because kind of that same thing. Like, it seemed like you guys have known each other for a long yeah. time. We just know each other through the film, through the, you know, audition process and callbacks oh, wow. and rehearsals and yeah. Not related at all, which is funny. I'm like one of the few people in the film that's not related to George. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, um, George, so so I guess you, you wanted to go the actress route because you actually have your own kids in the movie, correct? Uh, the two oldest are my kids. Um, nice. I always awesome. wanted a third kid, so I, I wrote myself a third kid. In the <laughs> he, he did a great job. Uh, my wife was co-producer. She helped me organize it. She was actually... Ah caterer on the set she cooked oh, very nice crew. Um, awesome. she she knew she wouldn't be able well she she didn't want to act in it but <laughs> okay she, she, i'm just lucky she let me make it let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> well that that's 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 great i mean both of you did a fantastic job i mean um some great acting great comedic timing you need you need a certain you need a certain comedic timing to be able to do comedy right and both of you really nailed it Oh, I love the family vibe of it. Like watching the, I'm really excited to watch it just because I've got um, two kids of my own and a fam, um, family and like, so I got the family vibes. And even though it's like raunchy, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of reminded me of like, I feel like a lot of married couples and families could see aspects of themselves for sure, right. um, which makes it a lot of fun because you don't see those kinds of films often. Yeah. Very yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been really exciting to like go out and not only we did the festival circuit last year and then now promoting the film and just meeting people that have seen it. It's amazing to see like how diverse like the fans of the film are and how much like everybody's able to like find something in it that they can relate to. Um, like all ages, all genders. It's kind of crazy. So I think you'll like it, Allie. Yeah, it's That's definitely it's like, got some family stuff and some very crude humor that you <laughs> cringe. Very funny parts. Very <laughs> funny parts. Well, um, 
I'm interested in the character research. How did you both go about that? <laughs> um, well, for my part, I basically, like I said, wrote the personality based a certain extent on my own. So it wasn't that huge of a stretch. Um, at the same time, I did audition people for the part, but uh, there weren't many people who were willing to lose 50 pounds in three months, which I actually did while directing and producing and everything. Wow. Um, well, so I kinda, yeah, I kind of fell in the position by default and Kendra can explain her motivation better. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't have to do a lot of research. This person is exactly like me. I've had this bet before. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to ask you about the no. bet. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, when I read the script, like I immediately loved it. And uh, like one of the first scenes where Laura's just kind of a frazzled mess and spills coffee all over herself and then like drinks it off her shirt. I was like, oh, I can totally understand Laura. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, she's just all over the place because, you know, her family's her priority and, um, you know, loves her kids and is just trying to be there for everybody else. And so um, everything else just kind of fell into place. Uh, just knowing that you know here's an anxious person that does not want to get out of her daily routine ever sure. <laughs> um i yeah i feel like i can relate to that sometimes i, I can be rigid and and not want to do anything fun or adventurous and um <laughs> making this film i was like maybe i should like loosen up a little bit <laughs> <enjoy> life. <laughs> awesome I'm really curious because you do have you do have a young cast. Um, was was there any awkwardness, especially with your own kids, uh, George, hearing adult subject matter like that? You know, and I'm obviously you do the same with the skank versus the skunk and and things like that. But uh, uh, was there any was there any challenges for an adult theme for this film with kids? Um, just the uh, so my kid as far as my kids go. Um, Having me as a father, my kids grew up around kind of a raunchy sense of, <laughs> sense of humor. Um, I don't swear a lot in front of the kids, but I speak in a lot of innuendos, and and they know that. And uh, they are equally proud and embarrassed by me. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, they're just, uh, they were willing to go along with it. I, they always said, uh, I've written tons of scripts, and they were like, when are you going to write a part for us? And oh. then when they saw it, they kind of... <laughs> probably wish they hadn't asked that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in terms of our youngest cast, he was pretty funny because uh, because of the way Browntown is described around him in the film, mm -hmm. he thought Browntown was an actual place that's, there's an amusement park there. Yeah, that's what you'll go with. <laughs> that, that's it's exactly where it is. Well, here, at, here on the East Coast, we have Hershey's Park. Oh. oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we have Hershey Park, so that's there brown. you go. Yeah, Completely so. different type of brown town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I like is because a lot of the uh, a lot of us here on the panel are actors ourselves, and we we un we know that struggle uh, of you know being a creative that makes it. So, um, were there any parallels to your career with being, um, you know, dealing with the struggles of of being a writer? 
Um, it, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I mean, like, as I mentioned, it's kind of a little bit based on me because the same thing kind of happened. I was, after I graduated undergraduate, I went down to, U, to LA. Uh, I worked in the industry for a little bit. I went to USC film school. Um, I tried for a little bit, but uh, at a certain point, sometimes, like I said, a lot of times, actually, you kind of have to make those choices. Do, which dream do I want more? Um, and so my wife, I've been married for since I got out of undergrad and my wife and I had been together four years before that. And uh, so I chose, you know, the family dream. And uh, but at the same time, it's it's hard to totally put that other dream away it always lingers right totally and uh thankfully technology caught up to a point where oh yeah i can just go get a camera get some people uh we have great talent cast and crew up here in the northwest and and make that dream happen so awesome love it okay. yeah i was actually just in portland oregon so uh i was in the pacific northwest but you guys are in seattle washington uh, what, what um how was uh, obviously this is hometown for both of you I'm assuming uh, how was the uh, the filming experience in Seattle and how's the film industry in Seattle in general? Um, Kendra, why don't you go ahead and answer? Because actually, Kendra was uh, she had a little extra part in uh, Kimmy uh, Steven Soderbergh's recent film, so she can talk a little bit about the big big uh, happenings here. Yeah, I mean it's definitely getting. Um bigger it's fuzzier here than it's been um in the last like four years we're starting to get like cbs i just auditioned for a pilot for cbs that's filming up here awesome um, we had kimmy here we've had a lot of like um oscar winning actors that are filming projects in seattle and portland um and so it's just getting more and more and even the independent films that are being made here are getting more attention on the national stage like paper tigers did really well you know brown towns being distributed um nice. they had potato dreams of america i mean there's some really um great indie films that are, are now getting attention out of seattle um and so and i think they just passed um new legislation that will set aside 15 million dollars a year in reimbursements for um for film projects. So I think you'll see more and more stuff filming out of Seattle in the coming years, but um, it's great up here. I mean, honestly, there is a ton of work. Um, there's a lot of films. And the nice thing is like the community here is really small. So everybody just, you know, knows each other and, um, you know, you kind of get working with the same groups of people on stuff. And it's really exciting because everybody's, you know, cheering each other on and hoping that everybody kind of makes it. So it's been fun. That's awesome. Awesome. And I've been to Seattle. It's such a cool city, and and there's you have access to so much. And of course, you're also very, somewhat close to Vancouver, which is they call the Hollywood North. But maybe you guys are getting a little bit of that, you know, magic that Hollywood North is bringing down in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah. Overall, how how was the shooting um, in in your home city? Um, where, where you did you find locations and things like that were a little a little easier since this is your home? You know, dealing with your hometown. Um. So we shot. <laughs> this is a micro budgeted film. Um, yeah. The way I like to describe it is we, we shot for what we shot the film, we could have bought a Kia car. <laughs> and then by the time we <laughs> okay, finished, that's... it was closer to a Mercedes. Um, okay, that's respectable. But when I wrote the script, I, I wrote with locations in mind that I knew we could get inexpensively. Um, Two thirds of it is actually filmed in my home. So for ah. that, 
for a whole summer, basically, we turned my house into a studio. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we filmed over, and because everybody worked, and I had to lose 50 pounds throughout the film, uh, we shot over 12 weeks, just the weekends. So weekend, every week, ah. 12 weeks. And um, yeah, they, it wasn't too bad. We shot uh, the main locations were our, my home and uh, community college that's about a mile from here and my kid's high school. So, Wow. That's great. That's, that's cool. great that you're able to save uh, the budget on your own personal home and in places that, that, <laughs> that you already associate um, yourself with. Yeah. Did the principal um, ask, like, oh, what's the film about? <laughs> Has the principal seen the film? The principal of the high school? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, not to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, because after we finished filming, um, my kids went back to school, and, like, a lot of kids had heard, you know, from there was buzz. Um, they would ask their friends to be extras in the film, and they were like, we heard you were in a movie this past summer. What's it about? <laughs> <laughs> and the, they, my poor daughter was, had got the worst of it. My son oh. was heading into college at the time, so it wasn't too bad for him. But my daughter, she was in a, uh, she just got a role in a play actually at oh, high school. Cool. Oh, cool. Nice. Uh, but she, the, she still didn't tell the teacher that she was in a movie. So, <laughs> uh, so we don't, we don't talk about Brown Town. Oh well. How about the the losing weight aspect? How how did that work? Uh, what were you, what are your tips? Obviously, being director, writer, producer, and star, you're so many hats. I'm sure you're running around. But did you do anything else to actually lose the weight? Uh, well, the because it was apparent, very visible. By the way, you could you could oh, tell. Oh, good. <laughs> um, the first 15 pounds actually came off fairly easily that just involved mostly um cutting out bad foods uh and also i wore a fitbit and uh just keeping my steps up but by the end of the film i was probably down to about like a salad and an apple a day or whatever oh, just because wow. of the time rush to do it sure um Considering my mind was always busy with the film, that kept me, uh, my calories burning automatically. So, yeah, make, make a movie and you'll lose the weight. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. um, yeah, send me. How about the, the financing for the film for all of the actors and creatives out there that are looking to make their own projects? How did you go about uh, acquiring funds for the film? Um, I had a very limited budget. Uh, I myself have acted, took acting classes and, you know, I've, I've tried acting and things and my own personal perspective on this, right or wrong, uh, I, I signed up to take acting classes just because I wanted the opportunity to act. So I was hoping the actors, whoever they might be, would just be excited about the opportunity to act in a film, to learn about film. I kind of wanted to treat it as an educational experience for us all. I'd never made a feature. I'd made short films, but just the chance to act in a feature film, um, to hopefully, you know, be in a script you enjoy, be in an environment you enjoy, take care of them. Um, I did have to pay the main crew. My original intention actually was just to get some college students and cover 
it wasn't too much more than a per diem really for the for the main crew. Um, but actually, I was I surpri was surprised when uh, our camera person, he's actually a professional who just really wanted to shoot a feature, and he read the script, loved it, and signed on for what I had to offer. And same with the sound person, uh, and the editor was a professional too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, we are a long ways from being profitable, but if we ever do see money, hopefully everybody else will see some money too. Yes. But well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, at this I point, it didn't cost them anything. Yeah, I, I got to admit that cinematography was great. Editing was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Sound was great. I mean, this is something I could see on it on the major streaming platforms, you know? Okay. Now, 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 is that the goal? Uh, do you want to do the film festival circuit or do you want to do the streaming? What is your goal for the film? Well, the goal is always to get distribution. Um, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> My initial goal, like I said, was just to kind of put this dream of mine to rest. I wanted to make a feature film. I wanted to know that I could do a feature film and hopefully have it come out well. Um, and I accomplished that and without, you know, killing myself. Yeah, with Gravitas. That's the distributor. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. Once we finished the film, we did apply to all the festivals. Um, we've actually, it's been over a year. Uh, since we finished the film, we've been to over at least 20 film festivals, uh, won a bunch of awards, which nice. is how we got the attention of a sales agent and Gravitas and all those people. Um, so we've done the whole route and that's, uh, we've just been very fortunate. Let's put it this way. You know, you always have these dreams. I'd love the film to reach here and uh, it did. So. That's awesome. Okay. So how long from actual concept or dream to completion and i'm not talking about the visit to brown town i'm just talking about the film uh, i came up with the idea early 2017 um and i uh, started scribbling out ideas uh 2018 i finished the script uh and rewrote it a bunch of times uh, late 2018, I had a read through with some friends and other actors I knew, and my wife gave me the thumbs up at the end of 2018, <laughs> and we just, I jumped into pre-production uh, December of 2018, January 2019. We shot the summer of 2019, so we beat the pandemic. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's, a good that's a great thing, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. You're happy to do that. Yeah then a year in post and a year in festivals and here we are with our film being released uh the 22nd all streaming platforms all all streaming well uh i'll i'll let's put it this way all pvod so okay yeah amazon amazon uh, hulu, hulu apple wherever you can purchase or rent films to watch Nice. I'm sure. Awesome. Yeah, and it'll be, be. I mean, it'll be on DVD if anybody buys those anymore. <laughs> it's like Barnes and Noble and yeah. Walmart and all that stuff. I love and that. We'll be on Dish Network. We'll be on like Cox Cable. All those places where you pretty much anywhere that you can rent a film, that's where we'll be. Awesome! Wow, this is great to hear. Win a trip to Brown Town. Um, check it out. All the platforms. March twenty second. You said. Yeah. yeah. March 22nd. And uh, well, thank you so much, both of you. This is yeah. fantastic. And uh, actually, really quick, Kendra, I was looking at your IMDb. You actually have some 
cool sci-fi films that are in production or maybe uh, still in the works perimeter and an empire in peril is there yeah, any yeah yeah the um perimeter is kind of like a you know post-apocalyptic future and i'm a you know one of the antagonists in the um all women's correctional facility oh wow uh, i get to play a total biatch too yes <laughs> it's below the belt you can say whatever the <laughs> f you want on the show yeah. <laughs> i mean we talk so about very, sex i'm sure you yeah can so it's very different <laughs> that was actually kind of funny because on set you know i'm very like smiley and you know obviously yeah. brown town i'm like suburban mom and then on that set everybody on set was like oh shit like you're mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know we all have a switch we can turn on um but yeah i did that one and then empire and peril um, is based on a novel um, by a young guy. He's like 20 years old, wrote a, a novel and then produced a film out of it and is doing a wow. video game series out of it, which is just like insane. Wow. Just wow. like a super motivated young guy. Um, and then another film I've got coming that I'm working on right now is um, a horror slasher film called The Shape, uh, which is like a Michael Myers fan film. Never yes. Done that and um, trying to just say yes to everything and I mean honestly the film kicks ass it's super fun um, they're doing three different chapters we just finished chapter one that comes out on YouTube uh, March 30th um, and that's with CCC Entertainment um, which you can see on their YouTube but it'll be three three chapters um, horror slasher just a lot of fun um, yeah, but I mean, it's been good. I'm shooting a project awesome. this weekend with Jenny Slate in Portland. And oh, cool. What is that called? Um, that one's going to be um, a commercial for um, Paramount Plus. So yes. awesome. do that this summer. That'll I love Jenny Slate. I interviewed yeah, Jenny Slate. Hilarious. I tried Becca. How yeah. cool. She's yeah, awesome. What's going on? Well, Kendra, wow, congratulations on all those projects and, and to both of you for uh winning trip to brown town march 22nd all the platforms and uh, before we let you go if you could just uh do a little promo for us let us know who you are and you're on below the belt show sure i'll go first um <laughs> my name is george a tramontanas i am the writer director producer and actor lead actor of win a trip to brown town uh, a story about a uh, a husband aspiring novelist whose wife tries to cheer him out of a midlife crisis funk with a bet to lose 50 pounds in uh three months with a uh a sexual incentive of a sort <laughs> and it'll be coming to all platforms march 22nd if you want to learn more about it and where it's going to be visit our website at www.triptobrowntown.com and uh, we have an awesome lead actress who will tell you more. Her name's Kendra McDermott. All right, Kendra, take it away. Hi, I'm Kendra McDermott. I play Laura in Win a Trip to Brown Town, um, which is going to be released on streaming on March 22nd. And I'm here excited to be on Below the Belt. Yes, awesome. All right, well, let's take a little snapshot. On the count of three, everybody smile. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> There it goes. Awesome. <laughs> George, Kendra, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Uh, yeah, we appreciate very it. Very nice talking to you guys. Great right. talking to you guys. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that's uh, 
Kendra McDermott and George Ramatanas um, from the feature film called Win a Trip to Browntown. And we are joined, uh, I think we're going to introduce, oh, we'll, actually, we're going to introduce her now because she's just joining us um, here on the program. We, we love Alexis Barone, actress, actress extraordinaire. Hey, Alexis. Um, AD extraordinaire, ah. fellow <laughs> Filipina, right? Right? Yes, yes. Uh, what else? Writer extraordinaire. Yes, Am I missing anything? I do it all. Like we may as well just go ahead and just say person, person who does things. Yes. <laughs> Title is person who does the things. I love it. I think that's all <laughs> awesome. I think it's really cool. And I guess we should mention here on BTB that both myself and Alexis have roles in a, a really cool independent feature film called Step Back, Doors Closing, uh, shooting in Washington, D.C. And uh, it was cool. I, Alexis, you had a big a big day on set yesterday. My, my big day on set was last week. I um, did, yes. I have, to, I have to prevent myself from doing my spinny chair thing here because I just <laughs> redid my whole home office thing. Right. No, that was super fun. I loved that shoot. Um, it was a, it, it, you know, it's a small crew. It's a small team, but that sometimes is the best because then you really get to know people and you really get to trust yeah. the people that you're, you're working with. So it was fun. Um, you know, I, I've got a small bit role in it, but it's it was super great. Super great. Yeah, totally. And I love that the film is Union, which is great, because I think uh, the majority of here in this panel are, are SAG-AFTRA, which is cool. Um, that would be four of us, right? Or five of us. Five of us are SAG-AFTRA here. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I have my letter, but I haven't You're eligible, Allie. You haven't joined <laughs> the club yet, but... Uh, but nonetheless, um, Alexis, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a. I love my, my, my. I I shouldn't talk about it too much, but um, but I just had an amazing time. I the director. He's a great young director, um, Carter, uh, who wrote and um, directed. He does he does a lot of writing, but I'm I'm being told this is his directorial debut. Um, yeah. And uh, I just I was just really impressed impressed with the professionalism of that set. Um, from the lighting to, I mean, they had everything. I mean, the, the lighting, the, the, the audio, the, the camera itself was just amazing. Um, and I just can't wait to see it, you know? I, I know it's, it's shooting uh, the rest of March, so uh, I can't wait to see it. I'm really excited. So, um, But Alexis, you have had some quite, uh, some amazing adventures. Yes. Uh, uh, first of all, <laughs> you went to uh, Paris Fashion Week, yeah? Yep, yep. Uh, how was that experience? It was, yeah, it was wonderful. First of all, I want to say hi to everybody. I haven't seen everybody in for so long, you know? Do you know everybody on the panel? You know, I feel I, like the only person I don't technically know is Paul, maybe, unless I'm mistaken. In which case, that's super awkward, and you're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, Alexis was wondering if she met you, because I think she knows everybody here on the panel. I mean, we might have met in the studio if she was in the studio once, but I don't yes, know. Yes, that's possible, yeah. Probably. probably. Alexis was in the studio, yeah. But yeah, Paris Paris Fashion Week, but you... Um, yeah, uh, so, okay, I'll tell you all about it. I'll tell you all about yeah, it. Yeah, how cool. It was really cool. My friend uh, Shreya Patel has a line that just debuted at Paris Fashion Week. Her design, her brand is called Flutter Designs. I can tag, I can, you know, plug her later. Yeah. But it was, it was really cool. She, you know, we were working on set. We had just met on the set of Where All Light Tends to Go, which is a feature film with Billy Bob Thornton, Robin Wright, 
um, Hopper, Penn, you know, a whole bunch of amazing people. And we met on that set and she's like, hey, you know, like we're really vibing here. And she's like, would you want to come with me to Paris Fashion Week and maybe participate? And I was like, the fuck? (laughs) Sorry, what? So that happened. Um, and it was it was really great. You know, it was it was just an amazing time, an amazing experience. I, it turns out I'm obsessed with Paris now. Uh, gotta learn my French. Yeah, okay. I see you laughing there. Bonsoir. You know, like, Bonsoir. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> all I can say. Bonsoir. Bonjour. Je you know, je suis américaine. Je parle français un peu et très mal. I was like, yeah, that's immediately what I said. I was like, I can order tea. And that's wow. about it. Alexis in <laughs> Paris. Yeah, basically, basically. I actually had a few of my friends say, oh, my God, like, you've got to, like, watch all the Emily in Paris before you leave. And I was like, all right, right, right. for you. Honestly, you? I love the show. But, you know, it's, it's it's great. But it was it was an amazing time. You know, I got to do something I wasn't used to doing. So, sure. um you know, I didn't, I did some, I did some print modeling while I was there, but I didn't necessarily do any runway stuff, which is fine. Like these girls are stick thin, gorgeous, amazing people, but they're this big and that is not me. So it was, you know, it was really cool. It was amazing to see the behind the scenes of that world, right? Like it's so hectic. It's so, yeah, totally. you know, it is glamorous to a point, but it's, it's just like filmmaking, right? Where it's like, you have this, it is another world, you know, you have this world of, of, of fabric and color and texture and, and design. And it's the, the amount of work and effort that goes into it is just so intense, you know, up until the show. I mean, so I basically offered to do, um, eventually I'll, I'll start editing it. I don't have the time right now, unfortunately, but I, I offered to do a little miniature documentary on Shreya's journey. Oh wow! Cool. You know she's Indian American, and so her 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 tagline for her her designs is um, dissolving the boundaries between American and Indian fashion wear. And it was, or I think I might have messed that up a little bit, but that's the that's the idea behind it. So ah, I think it was really cool. Okay. So I got to capture I captured a lot of the back, behind the scenes. I had her mic'd up the whole time. It was wild, you know, like. It was really cool, you know, and and of course, yeah, the the after parties are a little wild, but you know, it's, let's the, did you see anyone in particular? Like, I know the celebrities like to come to go no, to these fashion. Not parties. really, not at this particular party. But <laughs> okay, if okay. they were there, they might have been there before. I, I got there so late, guys. I was too busy touring. So the night. All right, y'all. Like, I was like, I'm gonna go out and see the sights, and I showed up maybe at like midnight. <laughs> it's bad. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's still very, very cool. So welcome back to the States. That's great. And uh, you told me a little earlier that you actually worked on one of my favorite shows on Netflix, Cobra Kai. Yes. Uh, you got to tell us about that experience and what you did on the show. It was an amazing experience. I just day played as a PA. That day playing does a, also apply to crew people. So we do use the same terminology. I, I actually thought that you had a day player role. And I was exci- I was like jumping up and I was like, oh, this is so Look, cool. I'll get there eventually, guys. I'll get there eventually. Okay? Yeah, yeah. The universe. I'll work on it. But, you know, like working on working on the set was great. You know, I got to meet Ralph. I got to meet, you know, everybody basically. And, sure. Even as a PA, and we were—I was working on one of the biggest days, um, essentially for the finale of this pre- most recent season. So I'm not going to say much because I don't know who's who's seen it, who hasn't. Right. But um, you know, lots of people on set, lots of celebrities, lots of big time. The the guest musical person was there that day. Carrie Underwood. 
Shut up, Al. Shut up. Shut up. Since January 1st. I mean. <laughs> you know Al likes to ring. It's true. It was a really pleasant experience. You know, everybody um, was so down to earth. The entire cast was super great. Um, I met everybody. People mistook me for Mary. I Which I have no idea that. how Mary that Mouser, yeah. Yeah, but I'm like a whole head taller than her. <laughs> like I'm like, y'all, I know I'm wearing a mask and everything, but how? So like I show up to COVID testing and they all think I'm Mary and they're like, oh Mary, come up, you know, like we'll test you. So we you have to be back on set. Like, do you need to go? And I'm like, Me? Hold on, Samantha, wait, let me, let me measure. Let's take a measurement those. here. Yes. Mary's Samantha like, LaRusso. Me. <laughs> like, I'm not an Amazonian, but she's not my height, you know, y'all. Like, she's also super sweet, super sweet. But, you know, she the is. entire cast we is interviewed great. interviewed her. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, the entire cast is great. It was a good time. Um, Lots of work. Like the, like I said, and, and all the crew, too, was super great. Um. Yeah, I showed up and the first AD, you know, I, I introduced myself to him and he was super wonderful. You know, like everyone yeah. was for, especially with, you know, as as is an actor, it's the same way as a crew member where it's like, you know, you, you come into someone else's house for a right. day or two, you know, and sometimes you kind of get the little bit of that cold shoulder and it's like, okay, we invited you only because you know other people. But this one was like, very inclusive you know and they were like okay like let us know if you have any questions please let us know if like you forget someone's name you know like because like right it was great it was super great so cool and and you've been doing a lot of things in atlanta haven't you i did a few things in atlanta yes yeah projects last year like i said i worked on that film with billy bob thornton uh, where all light tends to go i was the second second assistant director on that I worked on Cobra Kai. I worked on, and then I was the assistant director for a TV show on All Black called Social Society. So it's a talk show with um, mostly focused around influencers and, and, you know, kind of seeing culture through their eyes, which is really wonderful, uh, with a main influencer named Kendall Kendall. So it was, it was, yeah, it was a really interesting experience, you know, to kind of get a wide variety of experiences in such a short time frame. And that was all within like eight months of being in Georgia. So, you know, there's wow. there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on down there. I did actually make an appearance as an actor on that on Social Society at one point. I got oh. a super bitchy casting director is great. Oh, uh, that's great. That's awesome. I don't know. Apparently me wearing your mask scarves like puts up <laughs> is that what that is? Nice. So, you know, it was, it's it it's been a crazy insane year, you know. I think, I think it's amazing that you love both sides of the camera, behind and in front. Um, um, do you have a preference of one or the other right now, or do you, you like the combination of both? You know, I do like the combination of both, but I will say I feel very at home behind the camera, um, simply because there's something extra magical about being able to really control a project from start to finish, you know, assuming that's your role, but I, I, I don't know. Like I do really love both because they're just so different. It is kind of like comparing apples and oranges, but it it's I think it's I'm called to both sides and I'll keep working on doing both. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of us do that. At Simi, yourself, right? You you've, you've yeah, done absolutely. Uh in fact, uh just joined the local IOXI uh doing grip and craft services and hey, any, anything I can. And then, you know, making my own stuff behind the scenes too. 
Okay. So you are you at the point where you you like the combination of both as well, or do you prefer one over the other? I can't say that I prefer because one is a passion, and the other one is a creative outlet for all of the stuff that you internalize. So I, I can't I can't say no to either. Okay. And I know Ali and Paul, uh, you've done a lot in front of the camera. Paul, I know that you want to produce an Outsiders fan film. Yeah, producing, uh, making sets, uh, directing, writing, it's a pain. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. It takes a lot of work. It probably takes the most work out of all every Mm -hmm. crew. You've got to be sort of a masochist. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you really do, though. You're building a whole town. So, I mean, imagine doing that. You said building an entire town? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is not easy. I, like, I can't imagine. I mean, it takes a village to make a village, not one man, right? <laughs> you know? and, unless you're making it on a smaller scale. Right, right. Like the stop animation. Then, it's like <laughs> yeah. those miniatures like require so much attention to detail. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be alone in that world, you know? Like, <laughs> this There'd is be a lot great. Of I, I love how everything is, is up to everyone's up to some amazing stuff, you know, and uh, I think it's a good time to take a classic cut break because we've been rambling on for a while and a special guest. So um, I thought uh, the perfect song would be uh, a band that actually uh, stopped through Washington, D.C. Um, for Shamrock Fest. Now, Shamrock Fest is a big Irish festival um, at RFK Stadium in D.C. And because of the weather, um, snow and wind. I mean, they went uh, initially. They were advertising rain or shine. Shamrock Fest is happening. Um, they actually decided, for the safety of all all involved, the vendors, the attendees, the artists, that they decided to cancel Shamrock Fest. So, oh, yeah, can you believe that? So, um, I thought because it is our St. Patrick's Day show, um, we would play one of the artists, uh, Dropkick Murphys, which was the uh, the headliner, right, from uh, from Shamrock Fest, which they actually had a mini show on Sunday to not disappoint the fans with Steve Aoki. Oh. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be back right after the classic cut. This is Dropkick Murphys, one of their uh, best hits, in my opinion. This is I'm Shipping Up to Boston. Um, so we will be back to finish the rest of the Hollywood countdown here on Below the Belt Show right after this. All right, so that was Dropkick Murphys, an Irish Celtic punk band to get us <laughs> all hyped up top of the morning to you, Dublin, Ireland. Gonna get we another, also- get another hey, Irish. Hey, ow, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do an Irish accent. You can't. You can't I'm so bad at accents. <laughs> Any accent. I got my Jameson, got my Jameson whiskey, you know, got, got the drink. Yeah, the, I'm, James- I'm not even wearing green. I couldn't find green, Al. Like, I turned <laughs> green and I, I failed. Like, I, the only green thing I have is in the wash right now. And I was like, mm, I don't have <laughs> enough. Well, 
Well, Alexis, since you're joining us late, uh, we incorporated a topic of the week every, this is new for 2022, and we were talking about um, our favorite lucky charm or any lucky moment in our life, maybe a right place at the right time moment, um, maybe something that's very auspicious or very serendipitous, um, any moments that you could say, wow, that was a lucky day. And Alexis, uh, we got everyone on the panel except for you, and you're joining us now. Oh, man. Now I need to, like, think of something. So everybody should recap really quickly what they said so I can steal it. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about well, mine, my, you can't steal. I know that. I was talking about <laughs> my lucky watch that I've worn on every audition, and I booked the national commercial the year I bought this. Hey. Allie talked a nice love story. Allie, you want to throw out, a, a, like, a synopsis really quick? A little oh, quick. Uh -huh. So it's kind of talking like how like different things can change the course of your life and um so i um, applied to two different jobs one at the other one got the one and met my husband there and 17 years almost or it'll be 17 years this year that we've been together and she look and she looks 17 which is crazy <laughs> right i know and, uh, um funny story alexis i was thinking about this you were one of the first actors that I met when I started acting, and it was almost 10 years ago. Oh, wow. You were still in high school. You were baby Alexis in high school Aww. when I first met you. <laughs> was that a crime reenactment show? No, it was on um, the um, Rebels and Rejects. Oh, Rebels yes. Rebels. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was that. That, that was... Yeah. That was insane. I, that was insane, man. I really wanted to keep that going. I like, know. I'm really hoping that would keep going. Like, I really saw it going somewhere. But alas, that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, Simeon. Look at you now. I know. Look at her now, mm -hmm. right? Simeon Paul, a, a little quick synopsis of your lucky um, Yeah. Mine was uh, about a lucky coin that I carry with me on photo shoots to remind me to take pause and realize that everybody's a little bit unique and different and to treat them with care. Okay. And Paul? Yeah, mine was driving real fast and I had a blowout and uh, my tire caught fire and I was lucky not to die. Nice. Yeah. So with, I... all, with all that in mind, Alexis, does something come to mind for you? Hell no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I like Ali's story where it's just like, you know, those those moments, right, where it's like, oh, you know, and something amazing happens in your life. Yeah, I've had a few of those in my life. I'd say I wouldn't necessarily say it's it's a it's a lucky charm. You know, I'm going to I'm going to back away from from the sappy stuff because I could trust me. There's there's stuff I could say where I'm like, oh, my God, and this happened and I wasn't expecting it and it changed my life because we all have those moments. But I'm going to start crying if I do that. So I'm going to back away from it. Um, but I would say that that's something I keep with me that I have I have recently um, that kind of just holds a little bit of weight in my in my heart and in my life is a I wish I had it on me is um, two a two ruble coin that I got in Russia when I was there last um, when I was there in September, actually, of last year. Um, before all this crap happened and and I was there for you know something it was I was paying I'm paying out of my pocket for this currently you know that will change eventually but I was I'm shooting my first feature documentary so it'll be my first feature film but yes. I carry that you know that coin with me because it just it kind of reminds me that you know 
there's there's other worlds beyond the one that I'm in, you know, and that there's there's something like on the farthest, you know, farthest reaches of the world or whatever, I can still go there and I can still experience the culture there and I can still be living my dreams in other places too. So it kind of just reminds me that, I don't know, the that the options are limitless um, and it's really about what you put your mind to. So, yeah, yeah, because I remember holding that coin when I landed back in Atlanta and I was like, Holy, and I'm looking around and I'm like sitting at this, I'm sitting at a cookout of all places because I love their milkshakes. And I'm literally just looking at this coin and I'm like, people would not believe me if I told them I was literally in Russia yesterday. They would be like, bullshit. And I'd be like, yeah, you just don't know. You just don't. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's mind blowing to be like, yeah, you could get on a plane and you could be shooting something in another country tomorrow. Like, it's just insane to me. So it's just, I keep that coin with me and, you know. So. Wow, both Simi and Alexis have your uh, special lucky coins. Coins. Ah, that's super cool. Wow. We're going to be prosperous because we get <laughs> coins. It's a natural thing. You don't spend them. Yes. <laughs> we, like my drug, Simi and I, we carry coins because we know we want to get money. That's really what that means. That's really what that means. I love it. Awesome. Well, this is great, guys. <laughs> All right, so let's go back into everything in the world of entertainment. We're just going over, uh, we finished movies, now we're going into TV. So let's talk about a little bit of number nine on my list is Netflix. Anyone check out The Atom Project? Um, apparently, you who said yes? Simi! I watched it. I watched what is it. your review? Because apparently a lot of people are saying it's awesome. It's Ryan Reynolds, of course, and it's director Sean Levy, who recently collaborated with him in... Uh, and free guy and we'll be collaborating with him again in Deadpool three. But so, uh, what is your review since you saw it? Okay. So you get a lot of action in your classic Ryan Reynolds character because he's he's witty, he he's snarky. Um it's Ryan Reynolds. It's everything you expect from him, right? And and he holds your attention. And you've got this kid that comes in, and I, I forget the kid's name. I, he's co-starring with him. And he keeps up with Ryan Reynolds the entire time. Wow. I mean, every he's right on point. Uh, the, the movie has some, some Star Wars-like action scenes. You know, so I love Star now, Wars. I, I, I know you're going to check it out now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it it's definitely a a good story. Um it doesn't really leave you open at the end, but it it wraps up nicely. I love it. And uh, Zoe Saldana's in it, Chris Catherine Keener, mm-hmm. Jennifer Garner, and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. A good cast. All-star cast. That it definitely has cast. Star Wars vibes like looking at the um the TV poster. What year did they come from? Because I saw in the synopsis that they land, they time travel and land in 2022. So they land in 2022 and then they go back to 2018. But I forget the year that they come from. I think it was 2050. Wow, 2050. Oh, so they yeah. time travel to the past. Cool. Very cool. I love I love a good tra- time traveling movie. It looks so. really good. It looks a lot like a lot of fun and maybe. We can talk a little bit more about it next week after a few more people have seen it. So I, I can't wait to see it. And uh, speaking of another awesome thing on Netflix, Ali, I know you're excited. The Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. I'm so uh, excited. Season, oh, next season coming out. Next, yeah. yeah, they just I watched, dropped. I, 
kept looking for the because I saw you put on their trailer. And I'm like, where is this trailer? But then I finally saw on Instagram they had like yeah. a it was like a very like small like clip it's a teaser trailer, right? Yeah. Would you call it? Yeah. I'm so excited! I've been wait. I've been like checking like constantly. Like, when is it coming back? <laughs> yeah. And so I love that show so much. It's all, it's all about uh, this season's all about the Sparrow Academy, as you're alluding to, Ali, a stylish, smart group of superheroes that mirrors the Umbrella Academy. Um, so the two groups um, learn how to team up and defeat a new entity that threatens to destroy everything. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool. And, of course, this is, uh, I guess, Elliot Page's debut, as previously she was Ellen Page in the first two um, seasons of um, of the Umbrella Academy. Is she so, uh, or a different character? She is playing Vanya still. She is playing oh. Vanya still, yeah. So... I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm curious if they're going to do anything. The fact that she's, you know, she's transitioned, you know, transitioned to, to male and they now, if they're going to do anything different or her character um, specifically. So that has my curiosity well, as well. So I'm, I'm curious how they're going to handle that. Or is she just going to stay Vanya? Um, you El- know? Elliot is a very good actor. Uh, I think one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everything absolutely. he's in is fantastic i mean vanya yeah. vanya can be also a man's name as well so like yeah yep yeah. all... really... it's got my curiosity i'm really curious to see how, how that i feel like we're going to see yeah. harlan like i because yeah. at the yeah. end of season two it definitely like um also um we saw a couple uh another trailer for bridgerton season two um again this is going to um this is going to be all about um, two different protagonists, not the two that you fell in love with in season one. Um, um, Roger Page was, you know, kind of like the big heartthrob from season one, um, and uh, so yeah. Um, if you're into the if you're into the, the Bridgerton uh, series, um, I'm sure you are looking forward to season two, perhaps. But maybe you you prefer Roger John Page. Yeah, I will admit. Um, I watched the show without reading the books. So, how are the? Or have you read the books since watching? Not yet, and that's like I I really need to. I'd really like to, just so I can kind of compare and contrast things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna ask, was season two supposed to star the same people, and and how did they change that up? But my answer to that is, if I know. But that's my answer. <laughs> so is it a completely different cast for season two? It is. It is a two completely new uh, protagonists, um, which um, involves uh, Jonathan Bailey, who plays Anthony Bridgerton, begins his search for a suitable bride, and he encounters. We know. Got it. Yeah, yeah, and so it's reverse roles. It's reverse roles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to Disney Plus and, and Star Wars. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to talk about this, guys, because we were off last week and it, it dropped last week. But um, <laughs> Al needs I... to get it out of his system. He's like, we got to get it out of. Well, if quick. he had any spoilers, they would be coming out now. Uh, no, I, I need to catch up on everything. I still haven't watched. So I was like a huge fan of The Mandalorian, but then I haven't watched you like haven't Book of Boba Fett. Okay. No, I That's need to. Okay. I need to like. I need to get back oh, on. 
I watch that? I well, we already I don't actually watch a lot of TV. Um, Great. <laughs> she's too busy making it. Allie's too busy making it. She's like, oh, I'm not. I'm not making oh, it. I'm, I'm homesick. I'm homesick. We already talked about Book of Boba Fett in previous episodes of BTV, okay. but we're no moving spoiler. on to No, no, we're not gonna talk about anything of Book of oh, Boba Fett. We're talking Fett. about new stuff. We're talking about new stuff, and I want to talk of, about the Obi-Wan trailer, guys. So this is 17 years after the fiery showdown between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi on the volcano planet of Mustafar. And of course, that when when that fiery confrontation took place, Anakin Skywalker lost his limbs, burnt a lot of his skin off, and he was saved, put into the suit, and is now Darth Vader, as you know. And spoiler alert, but that movie was 17 years ago. So we just saw the first trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's set between the events of the prequel trilogy and the original Star Wars trilogy that started in 1977. And of course, Ewan McGregor is back as the Jedi Master. And it, the trailer begins with Obi-Wan laying low in the sands of Tantooine. As you know, Order 66 is where they're trying to eliminate all Jedi across the Star Wars galaxy. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta be on, uh, off the grid, off the, you know, off the Order 66 grid. So that's exactly what Ewan McGregor was doing. But in addition to actually laying off the grid as well, he has he has a very important job and has to watch and protect young Luke Skywalker. As you know, he becomes a big deal, uh, you know, in future Star Wars movies. So so Luke is 10 years old roughly in in the Obi-Wan series and uh you see Obi-Wan checking in on Luke with, with his uh, Star Wars binoculars, you know, and uh, not only did we see that, we also saw who was going to be the big bad of Obi-Wan, the Grand Inquisitor, um, which um, if you didn't see Star Wars Rebels, you might not know who he is. Yeah, he was he a was big bad in that. that. He was, he was, yeah. And um, you might have seen someone that was the same species, alien species race as the Grand Inquisitor, was in Revenge of the Sith. Um, um, one of the um, one of the aliens that confronts Obi Wan in the the Revenge of the Sith is a, of that same race or, or group of aliens. And um, in addition, we saw Joel Edgerton who reprises his role as Uncle Owen. And, uh, of course, Aunt Beru, the actress that plays Aunt Beru is back as well, Bonnie Peace. So I love how everything ties in very smoothly from the prequels to this new Obi-Wan series. Because I love, I love when things make sense. And I love when the same actors reprise the roles because it, it really feels like it's the same story uh, continuing. You know, when they cast a new actor, that's when I'm like, ugh. You know, it doesn't really seem like the same thing. But I love that. And it's 7 million views and counting on YouTube alone. I mean, uh Pretty excited. Did anyone check out the Obi Wan trailer? Any thoughts? I saw it. It looked pretty good. I mean, it looks like it's yeah. filled the gap, and I mean, they even got the same guy to play Darth Vader. I mean, hey, that's right. Hayden Hayden Christensen will be playing Darth Vader. As you know, his his skin is burnt to a crisp, but you know he's undergoing treatments in the back to tank. If you don't know what a back to tank is, is if you're injured, you're you're you 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 heal in this big tank and you're submersed in it. 
And, you know, it takes a lot of treatments for uh, Darth Vader uh, or Anakin to heal. But we did get a first look at Darth Vader. Um, Entertainment Weekly actually dropped the first image of Darth Vader that we will see in the Obi-Wan series. So that is a really, really exciting. And uh, interesting enough, uh, Sam Jackson was recently interviewed. Um, and he said he told Bryce Dallas Howard that he would love to come back. Oh, to awesome. any iteration of, of Star Wars, as you know, of course, it's now canon that Mace Windu survived um, his fight with um, Emperor Palpatine when he fell out that window uh, oh, in Coruscant. Canon? I didn't realize it was canon. I thought that was just... No, it's canon. He actually said in an interview that uh, that he's alive. You know, if you know, you, 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 you're always alive in the Star Wars universe unless you see a body. So yeah, I guess when you cut Darth Maul in half and he falls down a pit, he's and he's still alive. I mean, he's I still alive because he gets mechanical. <laughs> he gets mechanical legs, right? Yeah. So basically, he was he was talking to Bryce Dallas Howard, who has directed a few episodes of The Mandalorian, and um, basically says, "You think you might be able to hook a brother up?" And she, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Put me back in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'll learn the uh, to the lightsaber left-handed." As you know, his right hand was severed. Yeah. In that fight with Palpatine, um, Alexis, you're nodding. You, you remember that fight scene with Obi Wan? That fight scene. That's that's with like Al- honestly the only fight scene. I, like like the early movies. Like that's all the stuff I know. Like, okay. the <laughs> of, like I mean, is that the theme of Star Wars? Everybody loses arms and legs and yes, well, everything. With, I mean, it just seems like every movie has somebody lose something. Well, I think it has to do with the fact that when you're wielding a lightsaber, you're using your your arm and your hand. So yeah. when you're when you're just like with sword play, I think that's the first limb that you would lose is your arm or hand. Yeah, they were gonna go for an eye for an eye, but then everybody would be dead with a lightsaber. So that. right. <laughs> and I feel like that's like the more like psychologically damaging thing, where it's like, oh, I took away your ability to use the weapon you've tra- like trained to use. Yep. So they become better because they have robot arms like Luke. Yep. Those are facts. Yes. <laughs> also at Disney Plus, we saw the first trailer for Miss Marvel. That looks really good. Yeah. I'm so excited this is, for it. This is the first um, Muslim um, superhero in Marvel Universe. Um, it's Kamala Khan, um, who is Aman Vellani, uh, who is American, an American teenager growing up in Jersey. Um, so I am, I know the comic book, they didn't really allude to what her, what her powers are in the trailer, but she basically has a very similar abilities to, um, Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Force where, um, I thought she was more like Elastic Man where she can kind of like stretch yeah. along and. Yeah, that's what, that's what Mr. Fantastic does in Fantastic yeah. Force. Yeah. So that's the same, pretty much the similar abilities. Um, so that will be uh, next in line to debut right after the Moon Knight um, series, which you talked about on the show, which drops on March 30th with Oscar Isaac. So it looked like a fun series, you know, um, nice coming of age, you know, coming mm-hmm. of age Marvel series, um, which is, you know, something different, I guess. I mean, get granted Spider-Man movies. Yeah, that, that, that is coming of age. But uh, maybe on the series level, this is the first coming of age. <laughs> it looks um, really good. It does look like a lot of fun, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I know number 11 is going to resonate with a lot of us here on the panel. That's right. We Own the City dropped the trailer on HBO. That's right. Hey, Dave, hey. David Simon's latest look at cops and crime in Baltimore. The teaser trailer looked 
awesome. Looked really awesome. Stars John Bernthal uh, as Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, the head of a plainclothes unit that went completely rogue and began hunting and robbing citizens and drug dealers alike as decades of a relentless drug war and mass incarceration in Baltimore spun wildly out of control. Um, it's It was action-packed. And I got to give a shout-out to our friend and colleague, um, Don Douglas, who made who made an appearance in that trailer. I saw Don in there. She had the cornrows going on in the, the no early part, in the earlier part of the of that trailer. So <laughs> shout out to Don Douglas. Um, and I know quite a few friends and colleagues that have booked uh, uh, principal roles, and and a lot of uh, friends that have uh, worked on background. Um, uh, I worked like thirty days on that shoot. Show show of hands, who worked on We Own the City? Yes, three, three of us. Awesome. Yes. Ali, I don't know about you, but I saw zero breakdowns for people like like you and me. I actually, <laughs> I have actually not like. I feel like I'm like, oh, am I? Can I still consider myself an actor? Because I haven't like worked on set in so long, but I still do voiceover work. Right. Um, yeah. I do voiceover, voiceover work like monthly, um, which I do from home. But I've just been like, um. After like I from getting sick, like I am still like I get really bad like brain fog and like it just and right. it's a long recovery. Um, but I want I want to start acting again. Like I miss it. Um, we, want, we want you to start acting no, again, Ali. Miss it. But like my brain, I'm like I don't know if I could like I feel like I'd go to an audition and I'd just be like mum like as you can tell like losing my train of thought and I just. Um, I've like recovered a lot, but like I can't be on my feet for too long or else I get so exhausted and just like I'm so weak and tired all the time. It sucks. I feel so like But you are killing the voice you're killing the voiceover <laughs> game, Allie. I do yes. that so I do voiceover. And then my husband yeah. and I also open an Etsy shop as well. What? What did you open? What kind of shop? An, an Etsy shop. Oh cool. Right on. That's awesome. Congrats. From home. <laughs> That's great. So awesome to keep you all busy for sure. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, also back on HBO. Uh, I know a lot of people might have missed Barry, but season three of Barry just uh, dropped the trailer, which is the comedy crime series with Bill Hader, um, which was kind of like an awards darling in that category. And Henry Winkler is back. Um I've seen a few episodes. I haven't seen all of it, but I know that the series is stellar, and my friends that do watch it say that the series is really good. So it's good. I haven't seen it in a while, though. I mean, I, did they skip a year or something? They skipped a few years, actually. Because I mean, yeah. it seems like I haven't seen it in like a long time. So yeah, it's been several years. So it's good, good that they're finally back. Um, Killing Eve star Jodie Comer is moving on to her next series called Big Swiss, from producer Adam McKay. Um, Nice. I was lucky enough to work on uh, in um, Don't Look Up, the big Netflix film. Um, it's currently in development at HBO, and Comer is going to be uh, playing the role of Flavia, a.k.a. Big Swiss, after starting a new life, anonymously transcribing sex therapy sessions in Hudson, New York. A woman becomes fixated with one of her patients leading to an obsessive, explosive relationship between the two. Wow, that's really a defying uh, doctor-patient relationship now, isn't it? So um, it basically sounds like low-key 
like I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say Fifty Shades of Grey. What's the other show? You. It sounds like you. Yeah. Female. Yeah. Got. It's it's got it's got some vibes of that. Let's see if it goes to to a sociopathic level of you, but we'll. I still need to watch you. <laughs> I, I never saw you. I finished the whole damn second or like the third season and like or whatever the most recent season is. I think it's season three and like literally like. Oh wow. Two days. It was bad. I was like. That's awesome. In my couch. Not on my couch. I'm only doing this for my self-confidence. Allie, what do you need to watch? Um, what's that? Uh, I said, what's that? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to No, because I know. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Like, I know what we're talking about, but I, like. Oh, no. This is really okay. bad. No. no worries. No worries. So this is why I can't audition right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. It's quite all right. Aw. <laughs> Look at the little <laughs> Just some prop. Because all I know is we were just, I want to watch it. <laughs> no, it just went out. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to number 12. You'll get there. You'll get there. I don't understand why there's two series about the same story. So in DC, they were sh- recently shooting the White House Plumbers, you know, Woody, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Um, that was all about the Watergate scandal. And they just dropped a trailer for a new series on Stars called Gaslit. And it's uh, about Martha Mitchell, the outspoken wife of President Nixon, um, President Nixon's uh, Attorney General John Mitchell. Um, which deals with the un- untold stories of forgotten can- characters of the scandal of, of the Watergate I mean, scandal. I guess, so. I guess maybe it's depending on who likes which one better. I mean, different. yeah, but it's interesting because they're both coming out around the same time. I think one, I mean, one, Plumber, one Nixon's a hero, another one Nixon's a villain. I don't know. Yeah, maybe from different perspectives, right? But I'll tell you that the trailer looks pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, when you're dealing with period pieces like that and you see amazing, like feature film budget quality with the wardrobe and the, and the, the set design to make it look like the seventies. The well, you just called it. They probably had all the leftover stuff in one show and they were like, Hey, let's do a second show. About the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they recycled the set I pieces. I recognize that tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what they did. <laughs> but the trailer is out and Sean Penn's in this one as well. And, uh. Dan Stevens, Betty Gilpin, you might remember her from Glow. It's got a pretty good cast. All right, number 13, I'm really excited. The Boys, season three. Anyone a Boys fan? Raise your hand. Yes. Yeah, I still need to. That's still okay. on my list, too. Oh, and it the was boys? you. Okay, you is the one that you need to watch. But The Boys <laughs> is one of the best It looks good. superhero series of all time. It's not for the faint of heart. It's very bloody. It's very gory. Uh, it's insane. Um, but they just dropped a new trailer, which um, wow, showcased Billy Butcher with some laser eye powers. Which, okay. as you know, the members of the boys group versus like the seven, the boys, other than Kimiko, none of them were super powered. It was only Kimiko was the only one. But with this new laser eye powers. Um, I'm very curious uh, to see uh, where it's going with that one. Um, and, uh, of course, the boys launches 
season three launches on June third. So, um, Simi, you're you're a boys fan, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I will be watching it day one. Nice, nice. And Simi, I've got one more, and it's The Walking Dead, number 14. I know you're a Walking Dead fan. I am a fan. I am a fan. And after working on the uh, World Beyond, I am an yes. even bigger fan. All right, this will be, uh, we're going to keep Simi on for this last one. And uh, number 14 on my list, uh, first off, we've got to give our well wishes to Norman Reedus, who plays fan favorite <laughs> Daryl Dixon, who suffered a concussion um on set and we're really um giving our well wishes and prayers that uh norman reedus will be okay um this is while he was filming the 11th and final season of of the walking dead um apparently they had uh some shooting postponements and and you know due to scheduling and 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 all that but uh he's gonna be okay all done by now He's going to be okay. No, they're, they're shooting the last few episodes now. I think they're going to be done by the end of March. Because as you know, we're getting part three starting in October. Are they still doing like the Rick movies? The Rick movies is, is um, still in the works, but what's even more important. And Simi, I'm curious what you think. They just announced a spinoff for Negan and Maggie uh, called Isle of the Dead. This is going to be a six episode um mini series which will probably become a series depending on how you know well it does are negan and maggie cool now that's the thing with negan and maggie i I, I thought when he left he left because she hated him so that's why i'm trying i that's exactly why i'm curious of how this works obviously i know al you're behind on a little bit of the show but it it seems bizarre it seems a little bizarre that a wife yeah. is willing to forgive the the killer of their husband, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it gets seeing, pretty like, dark. It's so brutally, like we like, remember that brutal death uh, on The Walking Dead. Yes, we do. Yeah. But I'm curious if they're actually going to fall in love. Would that be really screwed up? That'd be really screwed up. If yeah, Negan yeah. and if Negan no. and Maggie get together, right? I am really not on board screwed, for that. Screwed up <laughs> in the terms of Walking Dead. Uh, what what is that? I mean, the fact, well, like we said, I mean, like, Negan bashed Glenn's head with a baseball bat, the father of, of Herschel, you know, the father of their kid. Um, obviously, you know, this is before that Negan Savior group got to know the heroes, you know, and you have to look at it from different perspective, you know. Um, if we were watching the Saviors from the beginning, would the Alexandria group be considered well, the village, was you know? always crazy though wasn't he was he always crazy he was like more crazy early on remember after his like wife died he just became nuts it seems like he he, he was a little yeah he was a little he the, was in jail for a long time so that's what mellowed him out but i, mean, I think pretty... yeah he was he's very psychopathic at first very very egotistical very self-centered self-absorbed but maybe the maybe the the, the prison thing you know being locked up did something for him you know he'd be able to repent for and uh, you know, think about what I he did. Could definitely not be okay. <laughs> you're 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 still trying to figure out how Negan and and uh, no. and Maggie can have a spin <laughs> Simi, are you caught up on the last uh, couple episodes of The Walking Dead? Uh, not the last few, no. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, just just I I think it's just uh, it it's been really, it's been great. I mean, I think they they really want to go out on a high note, so they're they're really um 
has Judith yeah, kind of taken? They're really not going. I mean, they're not ending it. So it's like Daryl's going to go off through his thing. Maggie and I guess uh, Negan are going to do their thing. So it's like they're still going on. Yes, but I think that's where it ends. I think the rest of the because you know they they have a very large ensemble cast. Yeah. So and this this series is going to end where the comic book storyline ends. Yep. So you know we're going to get. I'm to guessing the end of that. Judith is going to take over. Carl's storyline in the story comic line. books. Yeah, that's where I'm going with. Yeah, I, I really think that's where they're going. But um, well, I guess like in the comics, Judith wasn't alive. Um, yeah. So Rick was still alive in the comics till the end. That's He's a spoiler. Still alive. That's a spoiler for the comic book. But yes, Allie, you're alluding to the TV, the TV version show. of Rick. Yeah, the TV show. He's still alive. Paul, Big Paul is alluding to the comic book version of Rick. That's a yeah, very different, very different. Usually, show. Al's the one to drop spoilers. Paul, well. <laughs> don't, don't ruin that for him. <laughs> no spoilers. Did you see the last episode of The Walking Dead, Paul? Yeah, it was pretty good. Dealing with this uh, very uh, psychopathic character, right? This former Marine. Yeah. Character. What'd you think of him? I think he's gonna overthrow something, but I could be wrong. Yeah, his name is Carlson, and he's probably the most psychopathic character uh, that we've seen uh, on, <laughs> on The Walking Dead. And he was hired by Lance Hornsby to go investigate another community, uh, and they're called Riverbend. And uh, Riverbend apparently is a community that Negan kind of has been hiding in, you know? Uh, as you know, Negan kind of parted ways with the heroes. Um, wanted to do his own thing and ends up he's he's been a part of this like community at the riverbend so uh it'll be very very interesting to see what happens there so um and um also on amc the mayfair witchers series with alexandra daddario uh that's the next big um series with the Anne rice um stories is going to be all about um it's going to be all over amc everything and rice will be on amc so really looking forward to that one as well and of course the final season of better call saul they just dropped um a trailer for that which will premiere with two back-to-back episodes on april 18th that's going to finally wrap up so but yeah that's amc and um i think simi is going to uh to say goodbye we're almost on the countdown but but simi we appreciate you uh uh coming out here on btb Thank you. Yeah, good time, man. See Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. Drink some for me, and, and I'll do the same. All right. All right. Bye. All right. Hopefully, everybody has a spirited drink. There's only five more on the list. <laughs> I mean, I got a spirited coffee. It's oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and then I know that Paul and I will be uh, segueing into wrestling, and that's when it's only going to be me and him. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, all right, so Paramount Plus, um, number 15 on my list, um, that's the home for Star Trek. If you're a Star Trek fan, it's Star Trek New Worlds. And Paul Wesley of Vampire Diaries is taking the iconic role of James T. Kirk for wow. season two of yeah, Star I don't like Trek. It, though. You don't like Paul Wesley? As no, I mean, I just Kirk? don't think they need to bring Kirk into it because, I mean, it's like it should be all about like older captains and just leave Kirk out of it till later on. Like maybe season five. Yeah, season. I know what you're saying because they brought in Patrick Stewart to reprise his role as as um, Picard. 
Um, yeah. But at the same time, they have a young Spock. Um, they also have a Captain Kirk in the movie. So now we're we're talking about like two different um, universes now. You know, yeah, the the movie universe Kirk, and then you have the TV series version of Kirk. So it, it, it gets a little confusing. That's why I'm really all about Marvel because Marvel doesn't Marvel doesn't hire two different actors to play two different. Um, I mean that's smart. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean something like the CW, for instance, number sixteen on my list. Gotham Knights is a pilot at CW. Just added three new cast members. Olivia okay. Rose. Yeah, you, you think that's going to be good? Mm-hmm. Gotham good Knights. Yeah, so it's uh, Olivia Rose Keegan, Navia Robinson, Oscar Morgan, and um, based on characters created for DC. And it takes place in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder. So this is after, I guess, spoiler alert, eventually if they decide to kill off Bruce Wayne, who is Batman, (laughs) Um, um, his rebellious adopted son forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies. So this is kind of like a futuristic, maybe what if kind of scenario, because we all know that Bruce Wayne's going to live forever. You know, there's going to be many... Many Batman movies for years. Yeah, and then he uh, trains the the Batman Beyond. That, exactly, Batman Beyond. Yeah. So I mean, of course, Rob Pattinson, what we talked about earlier, yep. incredible job for the Batman in his first uh, first uh, stab at uh, the Cape Crusader. All right, um, number seventeen, um, Peacock uh, Angeline, a series about the LA icon of the same name, had its. Has a premiere date of May 19th. It just dropped a teaser trailer with Emmy Rosum. So if you miss Emmy from Shameless, she's pretty unrecognizable in, in her, her new role as Angeline. Um, so basically, it's it takes place in the mid to late 80s and 90s. So um, basically, Angeline was famous for her trademark pink Corvette. So, like Barbie. Like, like she pretty much was a lifestyle, a life, life size Barbie, exactly. <laughs> uh, number eighteen on the list. So we talked about the Quantum Leap sequel series that just announced uh, Ernie Hudson um, last week, but they just announced Caitlin Bassett, Marissa Lee, and Mason Alexander Park have joined the cast as well. Um, so this is uh, a follow up to the original. Is going to be in that too or no? Um, well, it's a, it's a. Uh, Follow up to the original Quantum Leap takes 30 years after Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished. And um, I, yes, I mean, um, so. I mean, he's not doing anything right now, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> as far as I know, um, Scott Bakula is supposed to be involved. I don't think he'll be leading this, but I, I have a feeling that 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 he will be um, a, a somewhat of a. Maybe a strong guest star. I can see him coming okay. back. Um, but as you know, one of the, the other actor had passed away, Dean Stockwell. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. he passed away uh, last year, at the age of eighty-five. So, um, but over on NBC, I'm I'm a big fan of the Young Rock series. I don't know if anyone's watching that. Mm-mm. No, uh, I need to. It's autobiographical NBC comedy. Um, uh, is, is it really uh, based on real life or is he? It is. It is. It is the three three different time periods of his life. They just yeah, cast I know some of the stuff. He might be like just fiction, kind of like. Yeah. 
They just cast his wife, Danny Garcia. The actress to play Danny Garcia is Arlen Broch, um, who ended up becoming his wife and then his business partner after he divorced her. That's weird, though. Yeah. And then Sean Astin, you remember him from The Goonies, and of course he did Stranger Things, Lord of the Rings. He'll be playing Dwayne Johnson's childhood nemesis. So uh, that's something. uh, Interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that should be really, really interesting. Yeah. uh, over on NBC, if you're a fan of um, if you're a fan of New Amsterdam, it is wrapping after its fifth season. So I never tuned in. Um, those hospital dramas really never did it for me. I don't know why. Well, uh, that's good. <laughs> I've never I never watched like I watched a couple episodes like Grey's Anatomy, but Grey's Anatomy, and, yeah. and or um, Scrubs, and I've never been able to get into well, them. Scrubs is really more of a comedy, but yeah, the dramas, ugh, you know. After Sandra O oh left Grey's Anatomy, I I stopped watching. Oh, that. you stopped watching? <laughs> Boom. They're, they're up to, like, I was like, nope. I'm out. So many seasons. I'm not the 20 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Something crazy like that, right? That's insane. That is insane. Um, All right. Um, Number 19. Uh, We're almost done, guys. Uh, This is Pete Davidson. He's been in the news lately. First off, he's uh, working on a comedy series for Universal Television where he would star as himself. Because, hey, I think he's one of the most fascinating... How uh, does he actors get these out today? I can't figure exactly. this out. Exactly. <laughs> it's Sorry, amazing. Allie, Alex, what do you think? I have to admit that. Why do you think women love Pete Davidson? What do you, what do you think it is? I, like other women like him. I and they're like, hey, girlfriend stuff. I honestly have no idea. Like He's not my type. But some girls, on? like. Not at all. No. Not at all. Not my type at all. Well, as you know, he's currently dating uh, Kim Kardashian. And of course, uh, him and Kanye West have had quite the public battle online. Kanye's gone not that like, TV show right there. I want to see him and Kanye West have a TV show together. I, I would Ugh. love to see a boxing match between the two of them personally. That's but... a TV show. Pay-per-view boxing Pay-per-view boxing yeah. match. We watched the they whole process. Go- they're training, you know, they're like, you know, yes. things. they're drinking their iced teas of freaking, I don't know, $8 juices. Exactly. Like, Kim Kardashian in the corner. Yes. Yeah. This has them on ratings. Jerry Springer. Exactly. This has ratings. This is a ratings uh, uh, dream right here, guys, <laughs> for sure. But uh, the latest thing is that basically they were texting each other. And apparently um, Kanye asked Pete, where are you? And he replied, I'm in your wife's bed. And he, oh, he took a I selfie. I think he had it coming. Like, Pete's like. Uh, yeah. I like. Pete, if, yep. Like, all this stuff Kanye's been, like, posting on, like, yeah. Instagram, like, I think Pete Davidson was being, frankly, nice, considering, <laughs> like... He was like, trying to be nice. He actually like, stopped he was, Saturday Night Live from making fun of him. Yeah, that's insane. He said, if you want me to stop uh, playing nice, I'll stop playing nice. But you said, yo, it's skeet. He said, I've decided that I'm not going to let you treat us this way anymore. I'm done being quiet. Grow the fuck up. <laughs> and then Kanye responded, oh, you're using profanity? Where are you right now? And Pete replied, in bed with your wife. <laughs> and also said, literally, the best mother I've ever met. And then, of course, Kanye replies and says, the boyfriend texts me, antagonizes me, bragging about being in bed with my wife. I'm like, well, who's watching my children if he's texting me, bragging about being in bed with my wife? Uh, so he, so he's 
main focus is being with his children. Um, kind of gives me like just like really bad vibes. Like it almost makes me feel like the way he like talks mm-hmm. to Kim, to Kim, and then like posts like my beautiful family. Like I feel like he's like yeah. that kind of guy that like ends up like killing his family. Oh my god! So, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, that, I don't know if I get that. <laughs> That's like crazy. not not that, but like that kind of vibe where he's like obsessive. Do you know? He what could I mean? probably cause he could probably cause some harm to to Pete. In fact, I wonder if he's going he's to. He's been showing a lot of like vi- like violent things, and That's like he thing. just has that obsessive vibe where yeah, like kind of like OJ. Ooh, yeah, I guess so. A little. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because was that why wasn't he? Pete is actually wants to go to space uh, on Jeff Bezos' next Blue Origin f- flight uh, set for March 23rd, and it's the fourth human flight launched and um, uh, 20th overall. And I, you know, uh, Captain Kirk was in there, the the real Captain Kirk, yeah, <laughs> William Shatner. Um, and um, I'll be honest uh, with you, I'm so happy that we're doing all this space travel and such, and I think it's yeah. great considering you know. Cool? commercializing it that's wonderful but i will never tune into something like that while there's a war going on and that's true so i'm like think like if they well, took all going. that money i'm sorry Alex. right they took all that money for like they're like little like who can rate like their spaceship be the fastest and like they could you on invasors like so many people that are like you know without a home and like especially the war and i don't know it just kind of no i don't know if i was a billionaire like i feel like i would be like you know doing a lot more to like yeah maybe maybe if you're a billionaire you could stop the war going on the, the impending world war three just pay putin off we're the good that's the thing. That's why I think we're started by billionaires, to be honest with you. If you look at the uh, track record, I mean, I think it was uh, they were trying to put a pipeline in next to uh, Russia, and Russia took offense to that. So I think that's what caused this thing to escalate. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, Biden and, Biden and his son were trying to put that pipeline in there. <laughs> it's not a good idea. I know we're going to get political, and we don't get too political. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just stating <laughs> All right, number 20 on my list, uh, Celebrity Gossip, and that includes Juicy Smollett, <laughs> sentenced to five months in jail uh, for concocting That has to be a TV show. Why do we not have cameras in that jail with Smollett? I would love to see that trial. I would love to see the uh, just Delane Maxwell trial. There's a lot of trials we haven't seen on TV. But you know what? Maybe they will make it, make a uh, a biopic or um, uh, American crime story from, from this, but... Uh, yeah, it was been proven that that he indeed uh, concocted a hate crime hoax, lied about being jumped by two men who yelled racist homophobic slurs. But the funny so thing also, is, you see a trial, Al? Yeah, I did. At the I end did. of the trial, I just he actually read about it. Yeah, he but, actually said, "I am not guilty of this. They're making this up." It's like, no, everybody saw the tape of you pointing at the cameras. Yeah. And then no, he the, said he was going to kill himself in jail. It's like, yeah, we kind of. Yeah, and he it was saying that if anything happens to me, I'm not, you know, I'm not suicidal and and things like that. But you know, you have to feel bad for the people, the the real victims of fake yeah. crimes. That's that's mm-hmm. the ones who are suffering the most, you know. But, but he made it bad for other people. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. People really suffer from that. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. now 
they might be not taken seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, let's not forget the police because they had to do investigation. They had to work overtime uh, during their investigation. Well, could you uh, imagine like some poor guy went to jail for something he made up and the guy was actually innocent because it was some guy he just made up? Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Five months. I mean, I, f- I feel that that's adequate. Maybe, maybe, um, bore, or I don't know. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, now this is interesting. Ryan Coogler, very successful director, was profiled at a bank. You know, he's the director I of. I saw Black that. Black- yeah, he's the director of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. He was withdrawing twelve thousand from his uh, account at Bank of America when a teller became suspicious and passed the note. Said, "I'd like to be discreet." I guess the note was kind of. Yeah, that, that's, a little, that's a little tough when you hand a note to a bank teller. It's like yeah, a, and but he wanted direct, to be discreet because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, right? Like, right. <laughs> and, and and he was pulling the money out in order to pay a household employee who prefers to be paid in cash. And he said he had zero guns on me, and apparently it was just a big misunderstanding. You know, um, I worked with him on Creed. I mean, he seemed like a really nice guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked on Creed as I well. I just want to yeah. know who gets paid twelve thousand dollars in cash who works at his household staff. Like, right? I know. Seriously, oh, right? <laughs> Man, I need a good job. Yeah, what, what job are they doing? If they're washing dishes, <laughs> fuck, I'll be there. Hold on. I know for twelve thousand dollars. Jeez. That's the real question here, okay? Like, right. This <laughs> was a dumbass. Let's just be honest. But that's the real question. Household employee getting so, paid twelve k in cash. What are you doing? So I'm I'm assuming because movies take like three to four months, right? So you divide that for the four months, and if the employee wants to be paid in cash, and and then maybe maybe it makes a little more sense, you know, spread out. But either way. Either way, that's a lot of money to wash dishes, right, Alexis? Yeah, that's the same. Where is this celebrity, like, house-sitting job? Like, I need right. that job. <laughs> I want to be paid 12 k in cash every three months. Right. What, didn't Van Piero say to us that that's what his job was? Didn't he, like, celebrity house-sit somebody before? That Like, that was his first job? I think he, didn't he sele- uh, house sit for Millie Vanilli? It was Vanilli? famous, but he yeah, was like celebrity v- house setting out. It's like yeah, crazy. <laughs> some of these people's like you know background stories before they became people who don't need to work anymore besides acting or whatever right. they do is like fascinating. People are like, yeah, yeah, I used to do you know house sitting for people's dogs. It's like what? <laughs> you used to pick up dog shit. Cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, and. Uh, couple more things before we wrap up. We have to throw out some rest in peace shout outs. Um, William Hurt, actor extraordinaire who won an Oscar for Kiss of the Spider-Woman. Uh, the Big Chill, Body Heat, sadly uh, passed away at the age of 71. Uh, Tracy Braxton, who apparently lived in the DMV, um, worked on Braxton Family Values. She's the sister of... Tony. Tony Braxton, yes. Um, Tracy once. I, she's a very sweet woman. Did you meet Tracy? Yeah. Did you work with her? I know she did some uh, films for uh, the BT Network, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. she was absolutely lovely. So down to earth. Super great. Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she died of cancer, sadly, guys. And then that's, um, yeah. 
Rest in peace. Um, Emilio Delgado from Sesame Street. Um, he's known uh, for his role as Luis, uh, the fix-it shop owner on Sesame Street. He's been on that show forever. Passed away at the age of 81. Uh, Conrad Janis, uh, actor who was in Mork and Mindy, the cable guy, passed away at the age of 94. Um, and there's one more on the list, and that's uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, from WCW, WWE, he's had a storied career. Yes, Ray <laughs> Stone, a.k.a. Scott Hall, guys. It's so sad. He died from complications of, from a hip surgery, had three heart attacks. He had to be oh put God. under life support um, for a couple of days until his family could get together in place. And sadly, they made the decision to remove life support. He was only 63. Um, two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Um, he was famous, you know, for his Miami Chico, you know, slick uh, persona as Razor Ramon. I met him a couple times backstage at WCW, and he was like a really nice guy. I mean, I know he had his issues with drugs before, but I mean, right? I don't know if that complicated things in any way, but I mean, he seemed to be yeah. on the right. Path. He was all sober and everything. Mm. Yeah, so. So we'll talk a little bit more uh, about Scott Hall, but um, I think when we're going to pivot into a couple of wrestling headlines, I know that Paul's a big expert, subject matter expert on that. We're going to say goodbye to Ali Das and Alexis Baroni, yeah. the fellow Filipinos in the house. Yeah. Mahal Kita. What's up? Hey, I got my, neck- <laughs> my, um, my Filipino son necklace. I love yes. it. Cool. Thank you. I love this. Well, you guys know uh Dave Batista's Filipino, and he's filming that yep. new film, M. Night film, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, I did know that. Yep. Olivia Rodrigo is also Filipino. Yes, Olivia Rodrigo, Vanessa Manillo, Saweetie. Um, oh you God. told me Haley Steinfeld was like like one eighth Filipino, mm-hmm. like a sliver <laughs> Filipino. So I think that's amazing that she's, we are represent. As far as I'm aware, she's like the same exact mix I am. She's like she might a, be a because you're a quarter a quarter Filipino and a quarter Italian and then like German and Irish, which is exactly what I am. And this I'm is like exactly what you are. You could be hey sisters. Girl, you need to stand in. I'm the same height. Like let's talk. Are you guys the same height? Yeah, she's we're a little the same bit taller too. Yeah, I remember the photo op I had of hers. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, she's tall. Yeah, she's just she's like yeah, wow. How cool. How cool. Well, thank you so much. Any last minute plugs you want to throw out Allie and Alexis? Yes. I'd love to plug my friend Shreya's line. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is flutter.us. So it's F-L-U-T-R dot U-S. Uh, you can see some of her Paris Fashion Week items there that we that we worked on and by we i mean her i was just you know kind of there helping as much as i could um and yeah you can actually i'm pretty sure she has some of the stories saved and you can see the absolute chaos that is fashion week and i'm pretty sure you see me in there cursing someone out it's great (laughs) you know yeah it was wonderful but that's that's my plug awesome and of course uh look out for our feature film right step back doors closing yeah yes hopefully the the, the film festival circuit and hopefully um, a streaming platform or a theater near you. Yeah, so, they, uh, wrap, they wrap in a couple weeks, so I can't wait to see it. Me hopefully there'll cool. be some uh, red carpet premiere somewhere. So we're looking forward to it. Ali Dash, the adorable one, great mom. Thank you so much for joining us as well. Of course, glad to be here. And let's go ahead and take our last snapshot on one, two, and three. Smile.
All right. Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, Happy St. Patrick's Day. Stay. We'll see you soon. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'll get you off here in a second. Sorry. I just want to, like, take a screenshot of that thing. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye-bye. All right. And now we're left with Paul Darth Wallace and yours truly. I'm a talk, To talk a little bit about some wrestling headlines. It's been a while since yeah. we talked wrestling. But really quick, just to add on Scott Hall. Uh, Kevin Nash, as you know, is a, for, a fellow member of the NWO and the Click. Um, basically talked was the seemed like the first one that that informed. Yeah, he um, he he tweeted to everybody that he tweeted everybody, and he was in close contact with the family that that um, Scott Hall Scott Hall was taken off life support, and his once his family was in place. Um, yeah, I mean, WWE statement on Hall, basically, he's hugely influential, began his career all the way back. Yeah, he's been, he's been wrestling uh, 37 years. He started his career in 84. Um, as um, And then he joined uh, WCW as the Diamond Stud. And then he became uh, part of the WWE uh, during the Attitude Era and became a four-time international Intercontinental Champion as Razor Ramon. And then from there went back to WCW and had some memorable rivalries with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels uh, before uh, rejoining WCW. member of NWO. Yep. Founding the NWO with Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. And uh, yeah, he uh, was inducted into Hall of Fame once as Razor Ramon in 2014 and again as NWO in 2020. Really happy that he that Razor uh, Scott was able to to go him. back just last year and get inducted as NWO. Um, Nash's post social media said that he's going to lose the person on this planet he spent more life with than anyone else. My well, heart is I broken. They like I mean, they were always together, and it's like as I said when I saw him uh, and Kevin back uh, NWO. Yeah. They were just like both like always around each other. So it was like, yep. I think Kevin stood up for him even when he had his problems. You know what I mean? Like he would yep. bring him back and give yep. him extra chances. Yep. He said, "My heart is broken. I'm so very fucking sad. I love Scott with all my heart, but now I must prepare my life without him in the present." So, um, man, that's nice little uh, video uh, montage that the WWE did on Monday Night Raw. If you want to check that out. But I mean, it, it was really shocking too, because I mean, I heard he was just getting hip surgery and sound like so routine, and it's like we just mm-hmm. take stuff. Ran That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the fact that that the blood clots was caused from hip surgery, and 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 then at the age of sixty-three, it's just really, really it's tragic and really sad. Yeah. Especially after he turned his life around, because as I said, he's been sober for the last several years, so it's not like he's. Yeah. Yep. So something that very similar to what Jake the Snake Roberts did turned his life around as well. Um, so uh, on Regal, but Regal said, "Did you hear about his statement? Is that going to be part of something you're going to talk about or no?" What do you have on uh, William Regal? Well, William Regal said something in an interview where he says he's glad he has a chance with AEW and he doesn't have much time left. So I don't know. If it, uh, people are saying he it may have to do with him, his past drug use or alcoholism or about his health. But, but he didn't. He didn't say. He didn't say what it was. He said he, he'll elaborate on it later on. I don't have much time left. Well, that's not very. That's not a positive it, message. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't sound positive. I mean, so I don't know Jesus how bad. Uh, I, I don't know um, what what the situation is. I mean, like, unless they're going unless they're going the storyline route, 
I don't know. I don't. But, it, uh, it was like a normal interview, so I don't know. I mean, but but he said. I mean, people have been reporting on it, so I have no idea. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming WrestleMania. Um, yours truly. That's right. I'll be going to Dallas, Texas. I haven't been. I'm going, bro. I'm going to Dallas. Right. I'm going. I'm going to WrestleMania. I'm doing two nights, bro. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, exactly. Let's go. Let's talk about it, man. Let's start with the Hall of Fame first. I will not be attending that live, but I will be in town. Didn't want to overwhelm oh, myself with too much wrestling. But just announced, Charmel was just announced. Know. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, just announced into the class of 2022. The third member of the class that includes The Undertaker, who of course is well-deserved, and Vader, another well-deserved person. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's a shame that Vader didn't get in when he was still alive, because I mean, I think they missed the opportunity there. I mean, they did. Cause... They did. They definitely, they certainly did. Um, but uh, you know, Charmel is is really just known for her work uh, for two years as Booker T's manager. Yeah. And um, I don't like know. I don't really... know. I don't know if she's really worthy of being yeah. uh, well, a Hall has, of Fame worthy. Yeah, you know, maybe, like for me in the Hall of Fame, yet for my wife in the Hall of Fame. I, I guess. It, I mean, Booker T's a two-time Hall of Famer as well, just like Scott Hall. Because I mean, like I know uh, Randy Savage uh, said, like if you, unless you put my brother and my dad in the Hall of Fame, I'm not going to go in the Hall of Fame when he was alive. So that's what held him up. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, I leaping Lanny could. I mean, I don't know much about his dad. I don't know if his dad was. I think you know his dad was inducted into the Legacy Hall of Fame, which is another. Okay. That's another wing of the Hall of Fame where they they're not included in the ceremony, and they're okay. usually those that have passed away a long time ago. Okay. That's usually what that's for. But other than that, uh, marrying Booker T and being a valet for two years, she was part of the Nitro Girls dance group in WCW. But if you're going to go by that, I mean, Stacey Keebler would be a better Hall of Famer than her. I mean, it's like. Yeah, she's she's a little more accomplished. Um, So I'm not sure what was going on in the minds, maybe. But that's, at, at the same time, you also have to accept being in the Hall of Fame. Not only yeah. do you have to be asked, you have to accept it. Um, well, so, I mean, you have a couple exceptions, uh, like. Owen Hart, I mean, his wife won't let him go in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Some people just don't want to be, be accepted, you know, for whatever reason. And, and but, Randy Savage, when he was alive, he refused to go in because his dad and his brother. Yeah. And Batista didn't want to go in because he couldn't be there in person um, because of, of you know, shooting. No, he's not going in this year. I think he's going to probably go in next year is my prediction. He'll be the big name for next year, I think. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but this is this is a great year for um, the Undertaker to be inducted because his 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 home state is Texas and that's where uh, WrestleMania will be taking place. So um, definitely well deserves a long time coming and and I'm really glad that uh, Undertaker and also of course Vader are inducted in the Hall of Fame. So so now we'll go into WrestleMania, um, which is going to be uh, taking place. In Dallas, a two-night spectacle. So let's go over the card. And it's pretty, pretty, pretty packed already. I'm curious if they're going to add some more, but let's go over it. All right. So night one, Saturday, April 2nd. The SmackDown Women's Championship will be headlined uh, for that particular night. As Ronda Rousey will be challenging Charlotte Flair. This is the perfect match, I think, to end yep. as a main event because, you know, as you know, Charlotte 
Ronda and Becky main evented WrestleMania a few a few years ago. And I love the fact that they're I think the two night is, is good. I think that's a very good idea. It gives a chance for more of the superstars to have a spot on you know the, the grandest stage of them all. Um and yeah, I mean we we've missed Ronda Rousey. I miss Ronda Rousey. I was stoked yeah. this year in the Royal Rumble, which you and I talked about, Paul. And uh the Sear in the main event cha- challenging Charlotte Flair, I think that's just gonna be great. That's fantastic. It's gonna be awesome. Um, and they also added the Raw Women's Championship on the same night. I thought they would probably have moved the Raw Women's Championship to Sunday, but for whatever reason, they're going to have the Raw Women's Championship also on Saturday. You would think you would have one on each show. But... You would think. But yes, Becky Lynch, the champion, will be challenged by Bianca Belair. Now, well, no, wait. Could this be the reason, too? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to give it away yet, so I'll wait till later. I mean... If I'll let it out if it's not. Go ahead. Say what you're going to okay, say. Well, so they were talking about possibly unifying the WWE championship. Do you think they're going to try to unify the women's championship too? I mean, it won't happen here, obviously, right? I mean, if you have both matches on the same night, it might. I mean, may, or at least it would set it how up. Would that, how would no, how that happen? It has to be a champion versus championship match. They're in two separate matches. doesn't make any sense. Well, it depends. Well, what time is each match? I mean, if one's early and one's late, maybe it could the winner could challenge the other win, winner and then finish. I don't, I, don't I don't think so, man. I don't know. We'll see. Well, okay, moving on. Um, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. So, I mean, you know, Drew was main eventing WrestleMania. Now he's in a match with Happy. I, I mean, you know, Baron Corbin has been entertained. This is probably his best gimmick, I think, mm. so far. Um, but yeah, you know, they're both in a very high profile, um, you know, a spot, um, for basically a non-championship match, but, uh, which could easily been seen on raw or SmackDown, but we're going to see it at WrestleMania. So (laughs) there you go. Also on Saturday, we're going to see the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic Mysterio teaming up. Uh, against the Miz <laughs> and YouTube sensation Logan Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, I don't like that one. I mean, they should have kept Morrison because I mean that would have been a better match, Morrison and Miz. And... Well, yes, but it is WrestleMania. WrestleMania is all about the celebrities, and of course, as you know, Morrison was released from his contract, so of course yeah. that wouldn't happen. I would have loved to see Morrison. In fact, I think Jake Paul would have made more sense because he's the boxer, but yeah, Logan right. Paul, Logan Paul is the personality. So yep. you're going to put the personality and the Miz and him have incredible personality and charisma. I think it will be at least a very entertaining match. So, and WrestleMania, as you know, Paul is all about the celebrities. You yeah. got to get the celebrities. Yeah, but I don't even consider him a celebrity. He's like a dealer celebrity at that. <laughs> well, there's other celebrity matches. We'll get into that. All right. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos, defending against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Books. I love the tandem of, of, of Shinsuke and Books. I think it, they're they're great tandem. I was really um I thought they were gonna go Shinsuke versus Books for the IC title. I'm glad they didn't. They're gonna probably you know, eventually that will probably happen down the road. But yeah, let's let's see a great tag team match now that Shinsuke is no longer intercontinental champion. And uh, yeah, it seems like a, a fun match to look forward to. And for me, the highlight for Saturday uh, for night one of WrestleMania will be the KO show hosted by Kevin Owens with guests Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you know what today is, right, Paul? 
It's 316. Yes, yeah, right. It's Austin 316. He said, I just whipped your ass. And uh, <laughs> March 16th, yes, uh, is 316. Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. I really wanted to see Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold. I really would have rather seen that. We, I mean, it seemed like, is it, I thought they were talking about that. It was like they Stone were Cold talking about it. But I really think it's going to go down very similar to The Rock versus um, Eric Rowan. Do you remember that match from a couple of years yeah. ago at WrestleMania? It was basically a squash match. So I yeah. think that's gonna it's going to go down like that. They might the just say, come up and give him a stunner, and then I, well, I like, think Stone Cold's going to say, let's bring let's bring in a ref because the you know the audience is not going to expect the yeah. match. It's going to pop the crowd. And then I think maybe Kevin will go for a stunner. He'll miss. And then Stone Cold will get the stunner. And then he'll pin Kevin Owens. I don't know. That's just a, that's just a prediction. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's going to go down. But I think that's how it's going to go down. Because <laughs> they said he was getting himself in shape. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, we'll see how that happens. All right. Let's start from the bottom uh, going up for night two of WrestleMania on April 3rd. Sunday. Are you going to be there for both nights, or are you just going to go for I am one? going to be there for both nights. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Saturday and Sunday. All right, so they did announce the tag team championship that RK-Bro, Randy Orton and Riddle, who regained the championship from Alpha Academy, are going to take on the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Um, they call that match with an unannounced date. I expect this match to occur at WrestleMania. So, um, And, of course, the Celebrity Rub. You gotta have a celebrity rub. Jackass himself, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. And I think it was a good idea to take the Intercontinental Championship off of Sami. Yeah. Um, it just wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah, that, it'd be like another David Arquette thing. If, if yeah, I don't. I wouldn't want to see this as an Intercontinental title match. Ricochet is the current Intercontinental Champion, which I don't know. He's, um, he deserves it. He's gonna. He's kind no, of no, a, no. I uh, know he deserves it. I'm just wondering if he's gonna have a match at WrestleMania because they haven't well, announced. Maybe he'll interfere or something. They, I don't know. They haven't announced a WrestleMania match for him yet, but hopefully, you know, the IC, you know, the IC title is prestigious, yeah. and they've had some memorable IC matches over the years. All right, we're gonna see Pat McAfee. Uh, I mean, as you know, he's a former NFL kicker. He's, um, you know, an announcer now with SmackDown. He's going to be okay. taking on Austin Theory. And we saw Pat McAfee wrestle in NXT, but uh, this will be the biggest stage that Pat McAfee will be wrestling on. So uh, curious to see how that will go over versus Austin Theory, who is pretty much Vince's uh, prodigy. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. We have the Women's Tag Team Championships. Queen Zelina and Carmella, the champions, versus Sasha Banks and Naomi. Versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Um, very curious um, uh, how this one will go down. Uh, I, I really think Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to get this. And the reason why is Sasha Banks main evented um, against Bianca Belair last year. And she lost. So I think this is Sasha's moment. And my prediction is that Sasha and Naomi will win the, the Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I, I don't agree with you. I think it's going to be Liv Morgan because, I mean, they kind of give her a push and then they kind of stop. So I have a hunch they're just going to push her. Okay. At least the tag team partner uh, just to get something. You know what I mean? I love Liv Morgan. I think she's beautiful. I think she's a great worker. And she's definitely deserving a title. Um, 
I don't know. I, I for, for some reason that they really love Sasha. They love her marketability. She's in the Mandalorian. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, um, give it to somebody else that hasn't got got anything yet. True, but Rhea Ripley is also won the women's tag team championship yeah. with with Nikki Ash. So, mm-hmm. all right, this could be match of 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 the of the WrestleMania weekend, and that's Edge versus AJ Styles. This is a first time encounter, which I love because there's yeah. not many. Dream. They, I think they said there's not many dream matches left, and this is a one. This is a dream match that we'd love to see. And it seems like AJ Styles' name is attached to so many dream matches, and I'm so gl- glad that WWE signed him to a long-term deal because AEW. I know AEW would love to have AJ Styles, but I'm I'm really glad AJ's with WWE. But I re- I'm really really looking forward to this match, Big Paul. I think it's going to be the match of the weekend. What do you think? I think it was too, because I mean, I think AJ wanted to face Edge for a long time, and because of Edge, the injury to Edge, he really couldn't do anything, and now he's better. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good match. Yeah, I think it's going to be excellent. All right, so winner take all, title unification. So, Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. Um, so I'm I'm a little torn on the unification, only because I really I like, like how. Well, I like how Raw and SmackDown each have their own individual champions to showcase, you know. And if you reunify, honestly, if they do like this, I would like it. Let's say they each have their individual championship, and there's a unification one to see who the main champion is for the entire year, and then they just go back to having separate ones. Also, so the guy who has the main one has has just the naming rights for that the whole year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Super Bowl trophy, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, they have to put some stakes on the line, obviously, because if they do champion versus champion, and the titles won't change. There's no storyline. Yeah, I know, but I mean, he, but one would be like still known as the unified champion and the SmackDown or Raw champion. So, I mean, that's how I would do it. But I mean, that's just the way I would do it. Just to, oh, so so the other champion make would a still... once a year thing for like the best of each. Goes up against each other during WrestleMania, so you have like a championship match on. Well, every no, because then they have to do that every year, and who wants that every year? You know, I, I think the cards are aligned because this is the first time we're seeing a reverse where Roman Reigns is a heel and Brock Lesnar is the face, and we've seen this match before, yes, but this is a different Roman Reigns now. This is a Roman Reigns that now has Paul Heyman in its corner and is a Brock, a top level heel now. And then you got Brock Lesnar, who's really earned a lot of fans uh, very recently with his new persona, you know, and uh, I think it's great. I, I, I think WrestleMania, this is, and, and compared to last year, miles better than last year's card. Yep. You remember last year's card, right? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was good. okay at best, but this, this card is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I'm really yeah. looking yeah, I think next year's is probably going to be better because it sounds like they might have the Rock or Cena next year. Well, those are all rumors, Big Paul. We don't, nothing's been confirmed yet, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, and as I mentioned, the Intercontinental title hasn't been announced yet, and the the new U.S. Championship um, is now held by Finn Balor, and they haven't announced a match yet for him. I'm guessing we'll see a, a rematch, um, but conspicuous by his absence is Seth Rollins. So the Sheets is reporting. That, hold on, let me say it. That I know you're going to say before I will fall. I was going to say it, but I wasn't going to No, no, let me say it, dude. I'm the host. Seth Rollins does not have a match at WrestleMania, and I think this is on purpose. They're saving it for the right moment. 
I don't know if they're going to make it Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent or not, but I really believe it's going to go down. Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Do you think it's going to well, happen? I think then, then they like hint like they had like Seth Rollins had had like a nightmare coming or something like that. He said, "Yeah, yeah, that that could be it. That could be I mean, it." If yeah. you think about it, I mean, Cody's also known as the American Nightmare, so it's yes. Like yep. And I think that'll be a phenomenal match. Mm-hmm. Put that match uh, at the top Actually, of. Dude, they should allow Cody to help write and book stuff too, because I mean, I think he was doing a good job until Tony Khan started taking uh, everything over AEW. So I'm excited to see Cody Rose at WWE again. So. Uh, well, I mean, I think I, that's part of his deal. I mean, because why else would he come? Because that's why he left AEW. Yeah, and I hate what they, they're going to wait for Raw the after WrestleMania for for Cody to come in. Put him on the yeah. grandest stage of them all. You know, they if they've. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if they confirm that they've officially signed them, but I know that's in the in the works. But if they get all the 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 T's and I's crossed, you know, or whatever, put them on WrestleMania. You know, let's see. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. Yep. Um, WWE actually has an original series for Peacock called WWE Evil. You know about this? It's going to premiere. That's weird. Yeah, it's going to premiere March 24th. It's uh, going to be hosted by John Cena. See, see that doesn't make any sense either because it isn't supposed to be about like villains. It's like why exactly. Would that... so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe even the Undertaker would be a better host because the Undertaker like the villain of one point. Well, in time. Undertaker doesn't really do out of persona things, you know, as a dead man. I know, but I'm just saying, just saying, like you know. No, never... I mean, if anything, like the Miz should, should host it, you know, someone like that. But yeah, I, I get it. John Cena has always been a face. <clears throat> it's an eight-part docu series that examines the stories. Of heels or villains. Now, if Piper I mean, was alive, he'd be a perfect host, but Roddy Piper would have been amazing. But um, something to look forward to in the eight episode docuseries. And the last thing I have on my list is we have to give well wishes out to Big E. Big E okay. sadly suffered a broker, broken neck on SmackDown last Friday <clears throat> after a botched belly after a botched belly to belly suplex from Ridge Holland. Um, it was Kofi Kingston and Big E versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus. That was scary. Yeah, and it occurred outside the ring. I wonder if it happened in the ring. Had he not, fra- you know, possibly yeah. we might not have uh, fractured his uh, head. I mean, in the ring, I mean, you have the. It's so. It's it probably would have done less damage because I mean, when you're doing yes. it on concrete, it's like even with padding, it's like oh yeah, way different than doing it in the ring. Dude, he fell right on his head, dude. And, um, and he you know, because he seems like he has such a good attitude. I mean, he, he's always smiling. He, like, really yeah. tries to be a good person. Yeah, I'm really concerned about Biggie. I really hope that he will heal from this. Apparently, no surgery is necessary. However, with cracked vertebrae, they're never really the same. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really hoping. And uh, uh, Edge, they had to sit out all that time, and because it was at a see, I don't know if it's a very similar injury that Edge had, so that's what we don't know. Oh, Michael had a bad one too. Michael's remember he he like well, both both of them had to have surgery. Mm -hmm. Big E does not have that surgery, so this where could be a little little more positive. But basically, they had to take Big E on a stretcher, but Big E, you know, gave the thumbs up, and then he tweeted from. The hospital bed, thanking, you know, thanking everybody for 
their support, the medical staff, and he, you know, he said he can move all his digits. He says that's a good thing, but the bad news is that he does have a broken neck, two vertebrae that have been cracked, and uh, even Ridge Holland checked on uh, Biggie. His real name's Ewan. Ewan. Um, and several members of the roster had uh, visited Big E. Yeah, it's a shame. And I, I had a feeling they were they're really um, pushing um, Sheamus and Ridge versus New Day. Maybe Sheamus, Ridge, and Pete Dunne, now that they're like uh, in a faction. Yeah. Versus well, all three why New Day. Why do you change Pete name? Is that stupid or what? I never really understand the reason. Yeah. Like, what, what, is, what, what, is, what is his new name? It's like Butch. Butch or something. It's like, really? Why can't he just go by Pete Dunne? Wouldn't that make more sense? It would make a lot more sense, but nothing makes sense in the WWE. I'm not a fan of the one name. Um, I like people with first and last names. Because at the end of the day, you still want wrestling to seem sort of still like sports. Where everyone in sports has a first and last name. But why can't they, and also, like some of these guys should keep their real name. Name Like Kevin Owens should be Kevin Steen. It's like, why does he have to go by Kevin Owens? Oh, I, I think that was more of a dedication to, to Owen Hart. Is that I, what it was? I that. Yeah, I read that. That's why they decided. Uh, I, I thought maybe it was a, I thought that was something that WWE. Yeah. yeah, that's why they did that one. So, But that, that's all I have for, for uh, WWE news. Uh, unless you have something else, Paul, that you want to I mean, I mentioned a Cody thing. I mean, I think that was a smart move in WWE's port. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think AEW might be hurting right now because they're starting to become like WCW. They're just signing everybody. And I think they're starting to lose. Like they don't, they're losing focus. They need, at the end of the day, they could have all the big talent, but they need the good product. And I still think at at the end of the day, WWE Still, still puts together a superior product, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So. I mean, you just, you just. I mean, I think AEW has good talent. They just don't have good story writers. I think that's right. what it comes down. To. Exactly. All right, Big Paul, Darth Wallace. Uh, we'll uh, end tonight's BTB. We'll always throw out birthdays to close out tonight's show. Happy birthday, Chuck Woolery, the uh, legendary game show host. He's still alive. <laughs> I, I don't know where he, he I don't know where he lives, but he's eighty one today. Uh, I could be wrong. Eric Estrada is seventy three. Does he age? I was kind of wondering about that. That's <laughs> uh, uh Victor Garber from DC's Legends of Tomorrow, alias is seventy three. Oh, um actor Clifton Powell is sixty six. Flav of Flav, Public Enemy is sixty three. Jerome. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Jerome Flynn, Game of Thrones is 59. He's a great actor. Lauren Graham from Parenthood is 55. Judah Freelander from 30 Rock is 53. Alan Tudyk from Suburgatory. And, of course, he was the voice of the droid in uh, Rogue One. Oh, he's also the guy from... uh, Have you seen his show? The Resident Alien thing? That's pretty good. He's got a lot of credits. Yeah, but that Resident Alien is actually good, so if you haven't seen it, check that one out. Yeah, Alex 51 today. And Alexandra Daddario, we just talked about her. She's going to be a new new AMC um, series of the Anne Rice novels. Um, Of course, you remember her from True Detective. She is smoking smoking hot. 
Uh, she is 36 today, so that's birthdays today. And um, ending tonight's show, myself and um, Chad McFly attended one of our favorite cons that was back um, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That's Monster Mania. I got to talk to the legendary Kane Hodder, Jason. From hey, I worked with him. He, he was a really nice guy. I mean, he is a really nice guy. You realize how badly beat up he was? I mean, like 80% of his body is burnt from like just doing stunts. And um, yeah, yep. I actually had to help lift him up because I mean, he, he just is not mobile anymore. Just because you could probably injury. you see eye to eye to him too. He's are you yeah. uh, him about the same height? Yeah, about the same height. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well, on Death House, I mean, as I said, he was like just a class act. I mean, I didn't realize how beat up he got over the years, but I mean, it, it takes it, it's totally He's like a legend. He is a legend. So I got to talk to Kane Hodder. Isn't that cool? I got to Isn't talk it? to him about his recent films that he did. Uh, we actually promoted one of his things, The Good Things Devils Do, here on Below the Belt Show. I talked about a potential Friday the 13th film, which he mentioned something very interesting. I'm not going to reveal it here. You got to listen to the interview. Okay. And I also talked about his recent work on the Impractical Jokers movie. So uh, a lot of cool things in a brief on-location interview at Monster Mania. We'll be uh, presenting a few Monster Mania interviews that we uh, conducted over the weekend. And that's closing out tonight's show. Great uh, treat for closing the show. So uh, I guess on behalf of, of a great show that we've had tonight, of course, I'd like to thank, of course, our panel, starting with the adorable one, Ali Dash. Sibby Terrell, and of course, we also were joined by the one and only Alexis Baroni a little later in the program, and of, call, of course, Paul Darth Wallace, the Sith Lord. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> and of course, let's not forget our special guest, George Tramatanas, uh, who plays Frank, and Kendra McDermott, who plays Laura, in the raunchy family comedy, Win a Trip to Brown Town. Um, which is going to be on all platforms on March 22nd. Um, great show tonight, man. So, all right, on behalf of all the panel and our special guests, we will see you on BTV next week. Uh, yeah. So we'll see you then, and here is the on location interview with Kane Hodder. Until then, the peace. All right, guys, we're here at Monster Mania, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, with horror icon Kane Hodder. Wow. Oh, wow, you've been a, um, a Monster Mania staple for so many years. Um, oh, I think people are sick of me by now. <laughs> no, no. So what's the... Oh, he's here again? Oh, <laughs> But that's just a testament uh, to worthiness of the icon status, wouldn't you say? I, I always appreciate it, of course. Yeah. The fact that... I can come almost every show and still have a lot of people interested. That's, you know, flattering. So I'm, yeah. I'm very appreciative. And we just saw that you have your own Funko Pop figure. When you first were told that you were going to get your own Funko Pop, what were your thoughts? I don't think I was told. I think somebody just showed it to me. Wow. And it was already done. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to have... Funko Pops of characters you played, right? But when it's you yourself, Kane Hodder Funko, that's pretty cool. Never expected that. That is pretty awesome. And you already know, I never expected to sign an autograph, right? Ever, yeah. Not when my first ten years in this business, so 
That, that's absolutely amazing. And speaking of the business, looking at your IMDb, you have like 10 projects or maybe even more in development, and your IMDb is longer than a short story, a uh, <laughs> novel. <laughs> um, what can you tell us about some of the, the, the projects to look out for? Um, I see that you have three Jasper movies, which a colleague and friend of mine, John Alonzo, is involved with, uh, which I think is really cool. What can you tell us about the Jasper project? Not, I, not, nothing really. I okay. mean, I, I'm hoping they come to fruition, but okay. uh, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I just did a movie with Bill Mosley again. We've done so many films together. Yes. Did one called Hayride to Hell. Uh, shockingly, Bill Mosley plays a crazy killer, and I'm the sheriff of the town. So, see now how refreshing was it to do something different like that? Of course, any actor will tell you they like doing something different than what they're known for. Right. Any any actor likes a challenge. So, uh, it was it was really good. I had a really emotional scene because of a death of a family member so yeah wow and the good things devils do uh with jess norvisgar we actually had the director on below the belt show how was that experience for you of course going back to your murderous crazy ways (laughs) how was that experience well i mean it's obviously easy for me to be a crazed murderer I guess I I can pull it up pretty quickly but uh, it was a lot of fun and Jess is just a very talented guy so uh, I'm I'm anxiously awaiting to see what that movie comes out like yeah I was lucky enough to get a sneak peek of that yeah. also saw on your IMDb you did some stunts on the Impractical Jokers movie how is that experience I mean that talk about a completely different genre from what you usually do yeah for sure I mean uh I think most fans know that I killed Q in one of the Hatchet movies. So, and he contacted. This is what I understand, anyway. Q contacted Adam Green and said he's always wanted to be killed by me in a movie. Mm-hmm. So Adam put him in there, and because we became friends on the Hatchet film, then. When they started uh, getting ready to do the Impractical Jokers movie, I was asked to be the stunt coordinator on it, which I was happy to do because I love all those guys. And I also played a character. Have you seen the movie? I have seen. I played uh, Paula Abdul's bodyguard. Oh, wow! In the movie, so okay, I had not uh, seen that. It was a lot of fun, and she's. uh, I can say. From a stunt coordinator's point of view, she is much tougher than you would expect. Wow. So it was surprising to hear about the, the Queen of Pop, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Something like that. She's little, but she's not. She packs a punch. Yeah, right? she does. And <laughs> she actually did the clothesline scene of Sal in the movie. He tries to run across the stage, and she clotheslines him. And she <laughs> drilled the stunt guy. Wow. Uh, it's good. That's amazing. Well, what else can you tell us about some of these projects coming up? I mean, if you saw your IMDb, there is a ton of projects. <laughs> like, uh, which one? Which one are we uh, excited to talk have about? Been on there a long time, mm-hmm. so I'm not really sure. You know, it seems like. Some of them just might never happen, so I don't know. Ah. But, so I don't talk about anything until a deal is signed. Ah. See, there's Sheriff Jubal. 
that was my name in Hayride to Hell. Yes. And then Sheriff Sid Miller on Z Dead End. Yep. So I'm starting to play the good guy for once. Wow, that's amazing. Now, what other genres would you love to try? Are there, like, I don't know, action, comedy, uh, uh, anything else? I mean, I've, I've done just about every kind of movie. I mean, obviously, horror, big action movies, doing stunts in them, so I've done all that. Yep. Comedy now with the Impractical Jokers. Okay. Sci-fi's next, I think. Well, I've done, I did several episodes of Deep Space Nine as a Jem Hadar character. Wow. So I've done sci-fi plus Jason X was kind of sci-fi. Uh, and I even used to do a lot of big stunts on Days of Our Lives. Back in the 80s, they used to do all kinds of big action scenes. So that was fun, yeah. Look at that. I think you definitely crossed uh, all everything off the checklist. Pretty game. much, yeah. Wow. Oh, Chachi has a question, and then we'd be willing to see me ask about another Friday the 13th reboot, of course, with the popularity of Halloween uh, with, with very recent films. What are your thoughts on Friday the th- Taking another stab, literally and figuratively, at Friday the 13th. Well, I mean, from a fan's standpoint, it would be great to see one more, because that would be the 13th movie, and... Uh, that oh, would be wow. the iconic one, uh, but I don't think there's any talk, any serious talk about it. But wow! Well, you're, you're listening to this, producers. The 13th movie, it's a must. It's a must. It's the number 13. You have to make it has to happen. That's right. And Kane has to be stabbing people and killing people. So let's make it happen. All right. All right. Sounds Thank good. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And of course, you can check out Kane Monster Mania. He's an icon, a staple here. Kane Hodder, thank you so much for talking to us here on Below the Belt Show. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's a pleasure once again. And keep watching or I'll kill you. <laughs> and if you could let us know who you are, you're on Below the Belt Show. And then throw out a catchphrase, plug, or whatever you want at the end. Can below, I, below can I curse show. or not? Yes. We, oh. we love cursing. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kane Hodder, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Keep listening. Or I will fucking kill you. Amazing. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.